Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Herfcast. Uh, today's guest, I've got Jim Marker. He is a town councilman for Griffith, Indiana, and it's a very local-focused episode. Um, some local businesses and stuff like that we talk about. Plus, we just get into general conversation, of course. Um, one of the places that Jim mentions a lot is charcuterie, and that is a little... Uh, deli style shop with a little bar make sandwiches and stuff like that uh, me and my wife stopped in there today before i went to work and i tried uh what's called the the almost cuba cuban sandwich and i do have to say that it was pretty damn tasty i will be going back there um yeah i enjoyed it i didn't talk to anyone there uh because i was in a hurry to just kind of get a quick lunch with my wife before i went to work so just uh, enjoyed the sandwich and had to take off shortly after that. But it was a it was a good spot. I will be checking more out from them. Uh, so yeah, uh, me and Jim talked. Uh, we, we were actually about 20 minutes into the conversation when I realized that I wasn't using the right setting for the microphone, so we had to restart. So, but anyway, um, yeah. If you're ever in Griffith, Indiana, this episode will give you a couple of tips on where to go what to do hopefully you enjoy uh this episode's not as long as uh the more recent ones it's uh, about two hours so uh giving you guys a break this this go around and hopefully i'll have something coming out soon whether it be solo or with another guest also i haven't mentioned it in a while but uh stogie bird uh you can still use my coupon code herfcast and that'll save you five dollars off your order whether it be uh, just a regular cigar order, or if you want to join the Cigar of the Month Club with two, five, or eight cigars a month. So uh, save $5 with the code HERFCAST, and here is the show. All right, let's, uh, technical difficulties to start, but I think we got it now. Uh, so uh, we are back with the Herfcast, I'm Brian, your host, and today in studio, in the Black Flannel studio, I've got uh, Jim Marker from the Griffith Town Council, and uh, we are both smoking a tyrannical buck barber pole from Ristafari 2021. So, uh, Jim, how you doing again? I'm doing outstanding. <laughs> Great cigar choice. Uh, that's. I, I know you wanted to try it uh, from the episode with Ricky and Al and... Uh, Steve and Bob, uh, Fuzzy Line Brewing and The Worst, and How Farms. Uh, that's what we smoked there. You mentioned that you wanted to try those out. So I figured I'd uh, hold on to a couple. These, these were the last two that I had uh, in the open bundle. I got one more bundle that I've got stashed away to kind of hold on to for a little while. Nice. So Nice, nice. Yeah, that was a great podcast. I enjoyed listening to it. Uh... You can tell you guys got some great chemistry there. It was, uh, it was funny, uh, long. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it went by quick. I was actually uh, just sitting outside listening to it. It was a nice day, so yeah, it, it was it was fun to listen to. So, do you normally listen to a lot of podcasts, or was it just because uh, Ricky was on? Or yeah, I saw Ricky put it on Facebook, and he mentioned he was going to do a. Podcast, Brian. So I said, you know what? I'm going to check this out, and and I'm glad that uh, Ricky, uh, good people. 
whole yeah. family is outstanding people. So I'm That's, really yeah, proud I, of what I he's met, done. I met I met his uh, parents one day at the at the shop. They were there uh, giving him a hand, and you know, so I got to say hi. And his mom felt bad that she didn't finish the episode. It's like I don't blame you. You know, it's three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Patrice um, and Rick are. Uh, Amazing people, the way they support Ricky like they have, and uh, they just had their year anniversary, I believe, and with COVID, yep. and they still survived. So uh, that's saying quite a bit. Yeah. Well, that's know. just the the whole way that he that he opened, and then COVID hit. Like his, I loved his startup. His startup was processing deer during hunting season, and, yep. and that got him going to. Uh, opening up the butcher shop and and yeah, like you said, opening during the pandemic and making it through and uh, surviving that. Uh, not not only surviving, but it seems like he's flourishing. Uh, he's got he's got he's got a lot of stuff going on with that shop. So yeah, he does. And you know, it's uh, sometimes people. You know, if you're gonna buy a quality steak. I think, and you realize what that stick represents. It represents sitting down with your family, going to a barbecue, sitting down, cooking for your friends, your family. And you spend that extra money, and you get that quality. It is, you know, I think some, I think people are coming around now. They're realizing, you know, it's worth the extra bucks to, to go to a place that you trust. I mean, Ricky educates people really, really well. I've been there when he's talked to people. He's got some energy. Uh, outstanding listener his wife is a great sales lady herself um uh it just it's nice to see people in Griffith support him and they're coming around and understand it because he's you know there was a curve there for people had to be educated you know what's the difference between this and this other than the ten dollar per pound price tag yeah well that's I, i've tried so many so so many different cuts that i probably never would have uh just from sitting in there and bsing with them mm-hmm. and um, you know, just asking questions and the fact that, like, no, he doesn't always have the regular cuts because, you know, he only gets, you know, X amount of cows at a time. So he's got to go through all the meat before he gets more cows. So, well, you know, here's, here's like, like yesterday, we, we had uh, what, the, the Denver cut. Mm. And I, I put those in the sous vide for a couple hours and then just a uh, quick quick sear on the grill and really good like i i can't complain about it at all and the price the price on the denver cut is definitely right right you know but well nice part too is yeah i love the barbecue i have uh two smokers uh, my wife just bought me a trigger for father's day um and i have a uh, another electric smoker as, uh, as well so one's a pellet one's electric i i love smoking and the nice thing about Ricky that people don't realize is that he's got a lot of experience in that, too. Yeah. So for the fourth here, I'm actually doing a pork loin uh, two different ways, and I'm doing a pork belly. And, of course, I bought him from, you know, pork belly from Rick. Yeah. You know, but he's like, you know, instead of just blowing it up, he's like, hey, I got some books. Let's run through. Here's some ideas. Oh, yeah. And you're like, I never thought about that before. Um, he taught me how to turn uh, corn beef into pastrami. Mm-hmm. And I was going around sharing that with charcuterie and sharing that with, with Ricky and his family saying, hey, look how this turned out, you know. Yeah. I mean, patting myself on the back a little bit. But, <laughs> you know, because of what he told me to do. Oh, yeah. 
and sort of like partners, you know, in getting it done here. But, uh, you know, they're very sincere people. Uh, they're very matter-of-fact people. And, uh, you know, when I grow up, I want to be Ricky's dad. <laughs> that is one of the coolest cats I have ever met. Yeah. Have you ever met him? Uh, just just briefly at the shop. Oh, once. man. Good, good, good. Just good people. And this whole town's full of good people, Brian. Yeah, that's I, I really like the atmosphere. I like the, I like the setup. Like the, you know, the little strip that we have on broad mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got just about everything you could ask for uh, and a little bit more uh, in some ways my, my wife told me today that what's going in the old twin cade yeah. I was a little disappointed about that um, but I don't know maybe it'll be good did you like true uh, did you go to, to uh... Uh, that's I've never been there in Munster um, but I've heard mixed reviews but it just seemed like I was telling my wife like it seems like too big of a place to go on Broad Street there like I it, mm-hmm. it's like you know it's not like the little mom and pop shop that I I would prefer to see but I mean who the hell am I so well you're a, a, resident a, a lot a lot of a lot of other people probably a lot more people in Griffith would rather see True than some little startup well uh, you never know um. One you're thinking about Griffith was you know, going back uh, eight, nine, ten years ago. There was a forty to fifty percent vacancy downtown. Yeah, and now you look at it, and people are getting Orland Park prices for the rent. Yeah. So I mean, uh, True Brew, I'm surprised, True Barbecue got in there amazingly quick. They must have jumped on that uh, because it doesn't last. Yeah, it doesn't last long out downtown here. I mean, there's no vacant property downtown. Yeah. That's I, I I wish I had the money to buy that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. You know, I I just don't I I don't know what the hell I would have ended up doing. Um, <clears throat> but that's I, uh, you know, made made the joke. It's like, gee, I wonder if I could combine pickles and a cigar bar and you know hot sauce and see if I could throw something together with that. Hey, there you <laughs> go. You never know. You know, one thing about us, our town, though, we do do a great job supporting our businesses. And- yeah. You know, when I was thinking about doing this podcast, you know, I don't want to sound like an idiot, so I started thinking about it ahead of time, and you know, I didn't. <laughs> um, I really love this town. I've been in this town, Brian, for I'm 54 now. I would say I've been in this town at least uh, 40, 40 plus years, give yeah. or take here and there, and uh, it's just a big family. It really, truly is. Um, I don't care. Somebody's having a spaghetti dinner fundraiser. You know, people go there. They don't even know the family uh, to help out, whether it's St. Mary's or First Christian Church or wherever it might be. Um, as I was sitting in charcuterie today, uh, grabbing a sandwich, you know, I started thinking about all the businesses here in town we have. It's, you know, I'm not going to compare ourselves to Highlands. I think we're a whole different uh, species compared to them. But, you know, when you look at Bridges, Scott and Jeff, family, yeah. started by his parents. You look at uh, the Aurelio family and New Supplies, family owned. The Banquet Building on the corner, family owned uh, and ran. Uh, the Ladies Gourmet Popcorn, man. These, uh, I don't know if you've ever been there, Brian, but, you know, husband, wife, and, and their two daughters are in there now. And man, it's just, and that started off in, in, in the market, 
Yeah. On Friday. Um, then you have um, the Grindhouse, you know, it's brother, a, a sister. Da- a daily stop. Uh, yeah. You've got uh, Jedi's family run. Um, you got, of course, Ricky's, you know, uh, or, or the worst, I call it. But, yeah. you know, mom and dad supporting their son. Uh, I, I, I mean, even now, I mean, Patrice is over, was over there cutting meat, mm-hmm. getting things uh, prepared. Yeah. Uh, and it's, that's what takes, set them up as another family run town. And I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch more here, but it, it's, uh, you got the juice place right there, uh, next to the old church. So, uh, you got TD's Pete. I'm mean, just keep on naming them. I mean, it's, it's, it's mom and pop places everywhere. Like yeah. you mentioned. And, um, for true barbecue, going back then to pick Griffith, that's pretty exciting. When you look, it'll be twice as big as their Munster location for them. Yeah, yeah. So, I uh, I wished them well. I mean, when you look at um, with COVID and all the restrictions that were put on us, that all these businesses still survived. Mm-hmm. Um, Bridges did carry out and and still did well. And you know, it was tough for these people, but they stuck it out. Yeah. You know, I I, I, I maybe I'm biased to my council. They had a, a pretty good community backing them up to. Yeah. To help them get through it, but it, it is like uh, so. The only losses that uh, the only loss that really surprised me was was Twin Cade, mm-hmm. but for obvious reasons, like they didn't, you know that 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 was a place that you, you have to go to, and you know I don't think that they had a big enough uh, food draw right to. Uh, for, for that many people to get carry out, but I mean you're 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 an arcade slash bar, and, right? Which sucks because that's one of the that's one of those things where it's like a, a great place was lost uh, because people weren't allowed to go, but they're allowed to go right. to the big big box stores and everything, you know, all that. But I. I I don't know. I guess we, we we don't really have to get into that, but right. I hear what you're saying. I hear you. Um, yeah, it was a shame to go, um, but uh, you know, where God closes one door, he opens up another. Oh so, yeah, but yeah. Uh, that macaroon place, the lady across the street. Have you been there yet? Sells the macaroons. I can't. No. Even, I can't even get there. They're sold out already. I heard they're like the, the that's the I, latest and greatest. Uh, that's my my mother-in-law. Uh, we've, we've got to get her there. Like I'm, I don't, I think I've had macaroons like two or three times. Nothing that, not, not my thing, I guess. Uh, but my, my mother-in-law loves them and, uh, we just haven't had a chance to stop in there yet. Well, if you're getting a doghouse with your mother-in-law, you know where to go. Yeah. You're, yeah. yeah. You're good to well, go. So yeah, it's just a great town. I mean, it's people like you to make our town successful. It's, uh, you know, we got Great police department, uh, great location, the expressway. Our schools are doing great, so uh, I'm really happy. It's a we're a town that other towns may look at to follow. Yeah. Uh, so all the talk about the town. Uh, you are on the town council, uh, and it's been you said six years. Uh, Five years. Um, I'm in my sixth year right now. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, when it comes to local politics, I don't know nearly as much as I should, even though I, I tell people, like, you need to start on the local level mm-hmm. if you want anything to change. I absolutely um, agree. So you've been on the town council for, 
uh, six years. Uh, what what all goes into being a, a councilman or council person uh, being on the town council? So a lot of us handling um, residence issues, any kind of resident issue from a residence or business. We're the ones uh, uh, kind of mediate things if the, if the route they took didn't, didn't work out for them. Uh, we oversee the budget for the town, our taxes. So five out of six years, our taxes have been went down. Uh, we oversee ordinance and resolutions, resolutions which are laws. Uh, we're not too big on creating a lot of laws. For instance, the golf cart ordinance, we, it took us a while to pass it. Oh, yeah. So I, I did see a golf cart yeah. running around. Is that, uh, is that good to go? Yeah, so it's good to go. There are some, there are some pretty... Uh, <laughs> my wife's going to be pissed. I'm going to buy a golf cart now. <laughs> I, I've been working on my wife for a golf cart here for about six months already. I knew it was coming. <laughs> there are some, uh, you know... Um, requirements to it it has to be inspected by the police department uh you can't go on certain roads with it which makes you know sense i mean uh can't go on a bike path exactly we're responsible to make sure our the safety of our residents so uh sometimes you have to put some rules out there like stop signs <laughs> um but uh that's so are you a good person to uh start with up in this 20 mile an hour speed limit or well interesting to say that i live in a subdivision south of town where the speed limit's 20 miles an hour and uh some people are uh, i don't want to go into two details but there's some people that live on that street who think we should actually lower the speed limit or out there waving people down with a broom saying hey slow down slow down um but yeah my car my truck pretty much idles at 20 miles an hour so mm-hmm. Uh, I hear what you're saying. We, uh, Greg Mance, I, I can't, I want to say it's three or four years ago. Uh, again, great decision maker. I can't speak highly enough for the guy. Um, we purchased three of these boxes, I believe. You'll see them sometimes flashing where they flash yeah. and they give you a speed limit sign. They have the ability to actually have a camera in there, but we don't do that. Um, but uh, what he does is he takes a lot of data with it, which is outstanding. In my subdivision, we had. Uh, a couple of people uh, complained about the speed, that people were speeding. They're not police officers, but they were saying people were speeding. So we put a device down there, and come to find out, the average person was only going five miles over the speed limit. You know? <laughs> so a lot of it is, you know, some people have reason to be overly concerned. I understand that totally, people. And that's part of being a councilman. You have to understand different people's personalities and try to understand where they're coming from and really listen well. But um, what we did was, instead of having making a decision based on those two or three people, we invited the entire subdivision to a, to a meeting with the police chief. And um, he was spot, I mean, he had reports pulled up on how many accidents were in that area, um, uh, crime in that area. So there wasn't a need to park a squad car down there, basically, look for speeders here. And yeah. he had the data from... The device we put down there too, so he really uh, he always is prepared. So he came to that meeting, um, so the residents were able to. Other residents will say, "Hey, no, 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 we don't want big twenty mile hours put in the road." I mean, we have a, an airport right down the street. Last thing we need is you know a jet landing on Klein Avenue. That'd be a little yeah. rough. Um, they want some people wanted speed bumps. You know, speed bumps are a, a challenge, especially with a snowplow. You know. Yeah, um, and so, that's when I when I when I bring up the twenty mile an hour speed limit. Like I, I say that half jokingly. I'm mm-hmm. I'm what three blocks from a school, right? Like I, you know, I I know that uh, much more is just not in the cards, 
Right. Um, but I, I do have to say it was it was fun uh, at the end of my block here. Uh, they put the new stop sign up, uh, what, six months ago or so? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And it, it was fun watching everybody get pulled over there. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of requests for a while to put up a, a stop sign there. Again, we, we don't rush into things. We pull the data. Um, we ask our chief to take a look over and see what, what really happens in that area. Uh, and I'm going back to the speed, it's... You know, you're almost cautious about raising the speed limit because we all know if it's 70 miles in the express right now. Not that you and I do this, Brian. I want to put that out here right now. Yeah. Just in case our lawyers are listening. But, you know, if it's at 70, there's always an idiot goes 80, 85, and see how much they can push the limit. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I get it, but that speed limit's probably been that way for 60 years. Oh, yeah. You know. So, uh, how many – Griffith is a, is a smaller town. So, how many people are on the town council? So our town council is, there's five of them on board. Um, this is the, is it the first time or second time that we've been in an entire board's Republican? And um, like I said, you know, we don't always see eye to eye, but we keep discussing it until, you know, you see different things than I do, Brian. But until you tell me the why... I'm not going to see that. That's why it's so important. And, you know, great, you know, we communicate with each other. Well, we, um, we all have our own passions. Um, so, uh, that comes into play as well, but, you know, ultimately we all know we're doing, we're, our goal is to do the best thing we can for our residents. Um, and that's the ultimate goal. So, you know, there's five people on there. Uh, we have, uh, a president of the board, which is Rick Rifa does an outstanding job and uh it works out really well so now you've, you've got five people on the board so how does that work out uh do you it, does, is everybody in charge of their own separate thing like that like you were saying uh mm-hmm. you know taxes and mm-hmm. uh everything uh financial over here and then you know laws and ordinances no. over here does everybody like does anybody specialize in those areas or is it just 100 percent just team effort uh no matter what your background is so that's a great point um on the background wise we all have different diverse backgrounds um i have a performance management background and project management and i've managed people for years i work for at&t as well at least for the next two months i do (laughs) and um when it comes to, say, for instance, school back, we'll look at us. To, so each town has a ward. This, I believe, is Ward 1. Um, come down. I think this is actually my ward. Um, but we have five wards in town, hence the five town council members. Okay. Now, we'll, if we were in Chicago, there's a precinct. So we'll say I'm in Precinct 22. If you want something, you go to me from my district. Griffith's very unique. It doesn't matter to me if somebody's who Rick Reich was Ward Ward 3 or Tony Hobson's Ward 4 or Larry Ball's Ward 3. It doesn't matter. If somebody approaches us, we deal with it. It's simple as that. You know, we don't play that game of, hey, that's not my area, not my problem. Yeah, you got, you got to call so-and-so. You know, and, so. Uh, I think that's unique to our council, too. I don't know how Highland or Muncher does that. Uh, I'm sure they probably do it the same way. But, you know, it takes too much time to send an email over to this person and to call that person. Do it right away. Deal yeah. with it and get out of the way or and follow up. I, 
I pride myself in following up as soon as I can. And if I can't get it resolved right away, I'll call people back and say, hey, listen, here's where we're at. Well, and some people you can't make happy, Brian, and you'd have to ask him, what What do you want me to do? Yeah. Um, but um, so uh, precinct ward-wise, we don't play the game like Chicago does where they have more of a, uh, an alderman handles their own things. <clears throat> when it comes to asking about, you know, does one person handle financing and one person actually no. As a town council, we have, we all are responsible for those individually here. So we have to be part of a team when it comes to those decisions. Uh, we're getting to taking a bond out to replace all those sidewalks in town. That was a group decision, a group discussion. Uh, everywhere from how much we're going to spend to what engineer we're using, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we have, um, we're liaisons for different air apartments in town. For instance, I'm liaison for public works. Okay. So uh, we just, um, our old public works director, but he's not really old. Uh, he retired. <laughs> Sorry, Rick Kunapasik. Uh He retired, and we just went through interview process and hired Andy Rabb. Um, outstanding candidate. He's not with the town. He's from the outside. Uh, great background. And I think he's been there 1st of June, and it, it seems like he's been there for six years already. Yeah. Uh, outstanding human being. So my goal is to make sure that if he needs questions to answer right away, I can help him. If he needs something... I bring up, make sure I bring up the town council meetings and represent them. Um, if he needs to run something by me, we got a phone call. You know, one of my goals, um, I'm in the, I, uh, the tech, I'm in the cloud business. So at at and I work in the network cloud quite a bit in mobility. So I love technology. I see the benefit of it. Um, sometimes people are hard to adapt to that. You know, if, it, if, if it, the old policy of if it's not broke, don't fix, you know, Sometimes you really have to reevaluate that phrase. Um, so we're working on bringing public works into the 21st century. Um, and, and Andy, gen- is, generally, people hate change as it is. Mm-hmm. So no matter no matter if it's uh, a positive or a negative, people are are afraid of change. You so, know, I'm. You're right, Brian. I'm one of those people. Um, if my wife buys a new lamp at home, I know it sounds dumb. I, I gotta ask her why a new lamp. What's the deal? You know, I like that old lamp. You know, yeah. I mean, I, and ultimately, I'm like, I don't even like that kind of a change. But technology-wise, as long as I see the benefit of it, you know, I think our towns could be probably the hippest town around technology-wise for public works, and we have the director that uh, wants to use it, wants to understand it. So, um, you know, every town councilman is, or town councilwoman, because we have uh, Melissa Robbins in there as well, she oversees, like, the fire department. She's liaison for fire department and for the senior center and for the ambulance service, so emergency services. So she's got a lot on her plate as well, too. Yeah. Yeah, great, outstanding uh, woman council lady. So what, uh, what made you decide to, I guess this is two parts, what made you decide to become a councilman and do you have any uh, any goals for the future? Like, do you plan on having a political career, or are you just doing like you you know for the for the passion of Griffith mm-hmm. uh, being on the town council, or like do do you plan on moving further past that? So that's a great question. Um, so I'll answer it also in two ways, and I'll go back and add going back to adding your question. So you mentioned how, you know, start at the local level uh, for government. 
Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Your local government impacts you more than the federal level does. Um, so it's important people get involved. Even if it's volunteering to be on a board, whether it's safety board, park board, um, there's numerous ones out there, building and zoning, planning, redevelopment. There's a lot of things to start on a local level to give back and to really um, learn the government side. So um, kind of wanted to go back to that. So when I started, I was asked to be on the, at that time, the police commission. So I became a Metropolitan Police Commissioner on the police commission for Griffith. Um, I was on that for three or four years. Is that three years? Three years, I believe, Brian. And then the town decided to follow the state code on administering a safety board. So the safety board would oversee police department, the fire department, and any kind of volunteer organizations like VEST. We have a great VEST department. So it was a unique transition. So it was a uh, pretty much a all but two of us. Uh, it was a new safety board, so new people being on there too. And now you're looking at the big picture. And, you know, we have a good board now. We had a good board then. We had to make some really tough decisions, Brian. Um, decisions that, I, I'll be honest with you, I personally lost some sleep over because it impacted two people. Yeah. And, but again, you have to always keep in the back of your mind what is right for the residents and businesses of the town. And if you always keep that in the back of your mind, it's like you keep, you always keep in the back of your mind, what's the best thing for my family? Yeah. So um, I went from there to again, police commissioner to the safety board. I was chairman of that for a couple of years until 2015 when I was approached by town council. Um, I grew up on Harvey Street in Griffith, right down from the, like five or six houses down from the park. Yeah. Um, so it, it, a lot of passion for this town. Uh, people know me. Uh, People lived across the street were the Hoots family, um, Craig and Debbie Hoot. I've known them since I was like five, six years old. And, you know, they expect a lot of me. So I, I don't see any reason to, or I shouldn't say I don't see. At this time, I don't feel like I want to do any more than keep giving back to Kerber, the town that I love, a uh, town that I'm passionate about. And I've been offered jobs in other states. I, this holds me here. I, I just love this town. I love the people in this town. Um, I love the history of this town. So I don't see myself going any further. I'm very, I don't want to say the word content in a negative word way, Brian. Um, but um, I'm very happy with what I do. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy the relationship building. I enjoy watching our businesses succeed, like charcuterie, ladies' popcorn, you know, Bridges Scoreboard Lounge. It's, it's like when you go in those places, it's like walking into your, your, your nana's house. Basically, you just feel that comfortable. Oh yeah, because you know them, and if there's an issue, you deal with them. You shop there. You give them your business. There. That's even S and J, the the record store. Yes, um, great guy. That's you know I I remember hey, him. His name is Jimmy. He's a great guy. Yeah, come on, right? I, <laughs> uh, no bias there at all. Yeah, none at all. Uh, that's I mean I've I've seen him in three different towns, and mm -hmm. you know I I love the fact that he he's what it's, he's where I'm at now. He's been here for for quite a while, um, but he's got a great following too. I mean yeah. he brings a lot of people to town. But that's I mean I've. 
you know, I take my kid in there, uh, you know, he's five and he started getting into records probably just because it's something else that dad will buy him. <laughs> nice. You yeah. know, but for Whatever me, angle works, right? Yeah. For, for me, uh, it, it reminds me of, you know, going to Hegwish records with my dad. Oh yeah. Um, so I, you know, he, he gets to buy something and I get, you know, I get to have that experience with my kid. Nice. Uh, but you know, we would, you know, ask Jim a question and, you know, he'll, he'll tell you anything you need to know. And I, I had a, I had a piece of crap record player that it was just cheap. Uh, I, I bought it from, uh, uh, you know, just a, a store like Crowley or right. whatever brand. He's like, yeah, that's that's the reason your record's skipping. And he's like, it's just going to tear them up, you know, this and that. I was like, yeah, I just bought it for my kid, you know. Dot. He's like, don't. He's like, just, you know, he's like, you spent, what, 80 bucks on it? He's like, yeah, something like that. He's like, go to Best Buy and buy the Audio Technica mm-hmm. for, you know, an extra $30, $40 and nice. you're going to get so much more life out of your records. They're not going to skip like they are, you know, da 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 da. And it's like, yeah, you know, I. Uh, That's pretty you know, cool. Trying trying to avoid the you know the Best Buy. Like I'd, I'd rather spend my money at a mm-hmm. at a small shop. He's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, that. That's exactly the reason why I don't get into selling the turntables and whatnot and the components. It's like because I don't. It's it's not worth the the time explaining to people you know da, da, da. he's like trust me i i i love explaining to people but i don't want to deal with you know the you know having to go through the warranty the returns you know this yeah. and that and you know explaining it that way I it's like that. i i get it 100 percent, man uh but you know does uh does uh billy osog uh equipment for that or no uh i don't i think he's got a couple players in there a couple turntables um, I know, I, I can't remember which, which mic stand it is, but one of the mic stands is from there. And that, that was, that was great too. Cause that was my first time in there. And I asked like, yeah, you know, I, I was in a hurry. It was Isn't it one of the coolest cats you yeah. ever met. Who would um, thought a guy, a, a team member from the band survivor. Yeah. Is in Griffith. Think yeah. about that. Brian. With, with, with his own music shop. Yeah. But I, I went in there. It was actually with, with the, the episode with, uh, the worst and fuzzy line, uh, you know, there were five of us in here. I needed a, I needed a mic stand and I needed it quick. And, uh, you know, I could have ordered it off Amazon a couple days earlier. Uh, but I went in there and I told, I was like, yeah, you know, I need, you know, not cheap, but nothing expensive. You know, this and that guy got a couple used ones over there. Um, uh, and you know, it's like, yeah, this one, you know, 30 bucks or whatever. And, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, this perfect, you know. And I was like, yeah, I'd rather give you the money than Amazon and this and that. He's like, oh, you know, or, you know, twenty five bucks, you know, knock, knock five bucks off just because I'd rather give him the money instead of nice. Amazon. That's how he is. Know? I mean, he's he's so easy going too. He's got that little dog with him all the time. And- I gotta I gotta find out. I gotta go in there and ask him if uh, if he's into cigars at all, so I could get him in here. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh. Again, he's a hidden gem in our town. We have a lot of hidden gems in our town. Um, got Paul Goldberg at the airport. You know, Paul uh, Paul Goldsmith, excuse me, I said Goldberg. I got watching an episode of Goldberg last night in the middle of the night. I was like, I got to stop watching this. It's hurting my mind. But Paul Goldsmith at the airport, he was he won the Daytona 500 when it was actually on the beach. Oh, yeah? Uh, he's right at the, he owns the airport. Huh. 
you know, he's like a three-time NASCAR champion. Uh, uh, he test drove the Harley Davidsons when the Harley Davidson brothers was just starting up. Yeah. So just he's ninety-four years old now. He's, yeah. Uh, but he's right here in Crippet. I mean, who would have thought? You know. I gotta I gotta see if he's interested as well. He he would be the second ninety-four-year-old person I've had on the show. Really? Who was the other one? Right? Uh, the other one was uh, Butch. Uh, he's a World War II vet that I met uh, randomly. Uh, a disc golf buddy of mine, uh, you know, he he uh, opened up a new course at the VFW or the the Legion. Mm-hmm. I know in Cedar Lake, but uh, uh, he met. He's like, yeah, he's going over to Butch's house to cut down some trees. You know, he's like, yeah, he's a World War II vet, and da da da. It's like, oh, does he like cigars? I said, that's one of my. It's one of my, you know, bucket list things for the podcast is to mm-hmm. talk to a World War II vet, and okay. he made it happen. So I got to go to the, go to the Legion and talk to him for uh, well, about about an hour. Uh, but I I got to talk to my World War II vet. Uh, he was he was actually he was actually first wave to storm the beach. Wow! And gutsy, isn't still it? here, you know. Gutsy. I had my next door neighbor uh, behind us, uh, their dad was a navigator on a B-17 bombers, and I remember one time asking him, you know, how, you know, what was the, you know, what are those planes like? He, he said, you know, take about four of those pop cans, put them together, and that was pretty much the line of these planes. And, yeah. and I said, well, how old are you? I was, I was 19 years old. I go, you know, what got you in that plane? I mean, what? I mean, where'd you get your courage? To, he had 38 missions. Where'd you get the Jeez. courage to get in that plane 36 times? Yeah. And he said, you know what? There was a job that needed to be done. Pa Church was his name. Man, just an outstanding human being. He said, because if I knew if I didn't get in there, somebody would have to go behind me. And if something happened to him, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Yeah. But it just, uh, you know, we you know, we just had Memorial Day here. And now it's Independence Day. So, you know, two two holidays that we celebrate right without really reason looking at the the reason for the holiday i mean memorial day the people who died for this country yeah there's four hundred thousand people in arlington cemetery just in arlington cemetery that's four hundred thousand people just at that cemetery that gave their life for our country so you can talk about a podcast and talk about it once you without somebody have to yeah arrest you because you just said something bad about the weather guy yeah exactly which just happened you know so yeah, I'll go back and listen to that podcast. That'd be interesting. I love history, uh, especially Civil War and Revolutionary War history. Yeah. Just how this country was, you know, was founded, I mean, especially like, you know, French-Indian War. You know, you think about that, just, you know, like your son's into uh, astronomy. You know, you can't look up at the stars and wonder how'd they get there? You know, what's out there? What's next? You know, I was a big Star Trek buff when I was growing up, so. Yeah. I remember sitting on my dad's lap watching uh, Star Trek episodes back in the, you know, late 60s. <laughs> That's, I, n- I never got into Star Trek. I was on the Star Wars side of the fence. Um, but even then, like, I, I don't get into the all the lore behind the movies and all yeah. that. So I, got, I watch the movies at face value, and, you know, I'm entertained. So Yeah, in Star Wars, my favorite guy was Chewie. Yeah. You know, Chewbacca didn't really say much. When he did, he made a point. Yeah. Yeah. This is my favorite kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man! But uh, so, what are, what are you into? 
uh, when you're not counseling the town and uh, working with uh, technology at AT&T? So um, I have a pilot's license, so I like to fly. Yeah. I haven't flown in about a year, year and a half, so I need to get back up and get, get current again, get my medical done. Um, I just love the miracle of flight. Yeah. Uh, it was something that was on my bucket list, like you mentioned, and uh, it was very challenging. I did it in my 30s. Um, I was never a big guy with math. You know, math wasn't my favorite subject, especially yeah. the new math. That would blow my mind. That's I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I was never math. math I, I don't math good. So. so the flying part came uh, pretty good. I had some great instructors, um, flight instructors. And then when I took the test, there's a written test. There's a verbal test with the FFA examiner. And then there's a flight exam with the FFA instructor as well. And uh, I studied and studied and studied for that test so long. My instructor finally said, listen, you're taking a test on Saturday, <laughs> you know, because it was important. to I me. Mean, you know, it was 700 and something possible questions back then. And then when you took the test, it was 60. Well, sure enough, I started taking it. It was math, math, math. And that's yeah. like, you know, how many people in the plane? How much fuel do you have on board? What direction is the wind going? So you're like, uh, you know, but I passed with like 85%. So, you know, and the rest of it was all cloud formations. No. So I know all my clouds. <laughs> um, I do like to uh, love photography. So I'm the ad hoc photographer for town when the historical society needs something. Uh, I've done a lot of work for the police department, um, fire department as well. Um, so I enjoy doing that. I don't charge for that. I just enjoy doing it. Yeah. Uh, done some weddings here and there, some some college stuff. So I just enjoy doing it. I like to see the reaction on people's faces. Yeah. Um, I love long-range shooting. So I know yeah. that's not the, the cooler, hip thing to say anymore, but... Um, I enjoy uh, going to the rifle range and um, at 54 years old, trying to be steady enough to hit something that's 300 yards away. Yeah. You know, and it's the size of a quarter by the time you get down there. So I enjoy doing it. It's relaxing. It's outdoors. So I go to Willow Slough. It's got a great group of people down there. Um, Don't get a chance to do that very often. Uh, I like sporting case shooting, sporting clays. Yeah. The clay discs. Uh, It's very peaceful to do that, too. My son, I used to do that quite a bit. So... Those are probably the three biggest things, uh, flying, photography, and when I get a chance to get the shotguns out or do some long-range shooting. Yeah. How about That's, yourself, Brian? Uh, well, actually, me and my son went to uh, Isaac Walton today, and he wanted to play at the park, and we did some fishing. Nice. But he, he was on the playground, and I don't know what he was shooting, but someone was shooting a rifle at the range, and, you know, so big, loud Oh, bang yeah. and yeah, my yep. son just stops at the top he's like, dad what was that i was like oh he's shooting his rifle over there it's like that's loud <laughs> it's like yeah yeah it is and then um before we were leaving they were setting up for the trap shoot tonight or today um so we went over and talked to talk to them and uh it's like yeah you guys getting ready for trap it's like yeah and he's like, what's trap shooting like you know that's when they throw the clay pigeons out and you know you try to shoot it with the shotgun he's like oh what's a clay pigeon it's like and the guy is like oh you want one i'll, I'll get it's like oh, i got a box at home you know got a, um he's like oh well these ones are white and he's like oh well all right you know the ones i have at home are orange so yeah there you go and uh so he he was excited he got a he got a clay pigeon to take nice. home he got a souvenir and um yeah that's a lot of fun to do i go up to uh I need to re uh, re enlist at the Isaac Walton. Uh, I do a lot of fly fishing, 
And uh, fly fishing is kind of tough at Isaac Walton, unfortunately. And yeah. You know, if you got a brush behind you, it's just not going to work out well. Yeah. Uh, but what a beautiful campus, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's, uh, we, we just became, I've, I've been trying to become a member since what, last last fall. And I went to the meeting, and I had to go to the, uh, the new member review. Yeah. And I just got a chance to make it to a new new member review, like, last month. Nice. So I, I was in limbo for a while, but finally got the membership done. And um, I got to get my hours in, but I'm looking forward to being able to utilize the grounds yeah a lot uh, of a lot of good people i mean uh if we're not on a podcast i'll i'll give you some people out there to get contact with and yeah you know it's they're good people out there yeah it's, it seems good like people. It. it's beautiful campus yeah three three lakes uh camping fishing trap shooting you know the gun range uh, i think you need a golf cart and like a little rowboat or a canoe yeah that'll work out there right oh yeah you yeah. should work in like an old bundle with your wife start working on a bundle <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, myself, uh, you know, obviously cigars, I, I like doing this when I can, uh, you know, it's just fun. I, I talk to people that I normally wouldn't mm-hmm. talk to. Like, I mean, hell, uh, I probably never would have known you existed if, uh, if it wasn't for this. So was it for Ricky. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I like talking to people, um, and this this kind of knocks out two birds with one stone. Talk to people, smoke cigars, and you know, just just have a good time. Have a couple of drinks, and um, you know, that's I'm I'm a I'm a pretty social person. That anymore, I don't lead that much of a social life. Uh, you know, got the family, and I enjoy spending time with them. And my work schedule doesn't permit for much uh, of anything at the moment so that's uh that's challenging trying to balance i, I mean that's why i don't do this that often uh, hell two episodes in two weeks is uh pretty phenomenal for me uh you know because i recorded last week um you know that it was uh you had to push it back and i i was on my way home from work it's like gee i wonder if jake's working or not and uh called up my buddy and he was able to come by with with one of his buddies and you know like i said random it it was completely random for that night for the three of us to get together and like i said you know we ended up talking for three and a half hours so um it worked out well and now i'll i'll be putting out uh you know like i said two episodes in two weeks time which is which is pretty good for for me so (laughs) well your your son i got that's pretty impressed with these Usually when they're five-year-olds, they, you know, I have vitiligo, so when they see my hand, the first thing they usually ask me is, like, what's wrong with you? you yeah. Know? And uh, premature not to ask that. And I saw him looking, too, but yeah. uh, very respectful that you know, you've done a great job with him, even though he's five. Yeah. We'll see that's, what he's like when he's 15, but. Right yeah. <laughs> well, that's, if he's anything like me, we're in trouble. Um, but I think I think a lot of parents say that or, you know, can say that. Um, but. So, I mean, since you brought it up, like, how, how is, has that presented many challenges throughout life? Um, so, vitiligo, for people listening on your, on your call, is an autoimmune disease where you lose the pigmentation of your skin. Um, so, um, it comes with two, uh, two attributes. One, your existing skin gets really dark. 
And so you get a nice contrast, especially in the summertime. <laughs> and the rush you're by turns absolutely white. So uh, obviously you can't see my color of my skin through the uh, luxury of podcasts. But um, um, I think as a town councilman, it makes you recognizable, um, approachable. Um, there are a lot of ignorant people out there, won't lie to you, but... Uh, I make sure I protect my protect my confidence. I don't let something impact me. Uh, I love seeing somebody. I've worked downtown Chicago for a while, and it's you know, you know, everybody's asses and elbows walking down the street, and you'll have somebody come look at straight on, make eye contact, and say, "Look away." They'll give a nice smile. So you really appreciate things like that. I've had people not give me money at a, at a grocery store because they thought it was contagious. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. I, I didn't get this till I was in my thirties. Um, definitely not something I would want again. I uh, gotta be very careful in the summertime with, uh, with the sun. Um, but, uh, it is what it is, Brian. Yeah. You know, I didn't ask for this, but this is a plan God had for me. So and I, I can make I the best of it. I didn't know that it would, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't know that it came later in life. I thought it was lifelong. Yeah. I went through a stressful period of my time back in my, uh, early thirties. And uh, they think that stress triggered uh, something in my body to um, attack this chromosome. So, it, you know, I, you know, I first got married and have it. I uh, got married when I was about 34, 35, one of those two. Hopefully she's not listening. Um, <laughs> but um, I started right after I got married. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love her all much more for sticking with me, but... Uh, like, I'm sure I'm, you know, allow people if they say stupid things, you know, kids are the most innocent ones. I don't mind that. Hey, what's wrong with your skin? You get burned. Um, but um, I know younger people are impacted by it more, especially people who have vitiligo. Uh, can you imagine being in school? Yeah. In high school and having vitiligo, being called cow or, you know, Holstein or whatever. But, you know, I can't allow it to impact me. I make the best of it. So, yeah. you know, I'm recognizable for it. Um so I got to make the best out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I was going to, I was going to mention, and, uh, you know, yeah, with it coming in later in life, you know, at least you didn't have to go through it through high school with mm -hmm. all the insecurities that come naturally, let alone all the smart asses, uh, you know, uh, insensitivities and, yeah. and all that. So. I get a lot of people staring down. If you go to a bar somewhere, I, it's, it's odd. My wife says it's in my imagination, but if we go on vacation somewhere, I just, I'm outside my comfort zone. Everybody in Griffith knows, you know, recognizes me. Um, I know some people stare like, hey, what's going on? I had an issue when I went to Maine one time where a family kept on turning around looking at me. So I had to go up and talk to them. Eventually, after about half an hour, I'm like, hey, I just flew, in a, you know, I just had been up in a plane for six hours plus the airport. So I finally walked up to the table and said, hey, I'm from Chicago. We don't stare at people. What questions do you have for me? Yeah. They said nothing. I said, now, stay here, not there. Yeah. So, you know, but then again, I, I should have not allowed that to get me. But, you know, we're all human beings. Um, it's not something you see all the time. So. Yeah. I get it. So what part of, what part of Maine? So my dad was in the Navy and uh, he was stationed um, 
in Iceland and Greenland. And then he was transferred to uh, Cutler Naval Base, which is like the largest antenna in the world. And I was born in Ellsworth, which is a couple of towns over from that. So that's how I ended up in Maine. And the rest of my life was uh, he transferred from here to Pennsylvania, and then from Pennsylvania we've been in Griffith most, you know, the rest of my life since then. But uh, recently went back, and uh, thank you, sir. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Recently, uh, a couple years ago, went back to Maine while I was born. The hospital's still there, so uh, it was kind of cool. I saw the doctors on the wall, who was one of the founders of the hospital. So it was kind of cool to see Dr. McIntyre still on the wall. Yeah. Not to be confused with the dentist. Um, um, so it was pretty cool. That's I have beautiful area. I have family in Maine. Um, I would imagine uh, they're there for the same reasons that you were there. Uh, my my cousin's dad, uh, as far as I know, he was in the Navy, and that's how they ended up in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're... Lisbon Falls is is the area that I'm familiar with up okay. there. Yep. Um, now I've got uh, one of my cousins moved to New Hampshire. Uh, I'm not sure if the rest are still in Lisbon or just outside or or how far away exactly. But um, that's I've been up that way twice, maybe three times, twice I think. Um, but gorgeous. Like I, I, every time I was up there, it was during the summer. Yeah. So all all two weeks of it, as my dad would say. Yeah, we um, went there in June. It rained pretty much the entire week. But you know, it's just you know, it's fun. To like, oh, you a Mainer? You know, because if you're yeah. born in Maine, you're a Mainer. Yeah. You remember one time we were at a restaurant? It was our anniversary, and uh, some people were next to us, and they're like, "That," you know, I heard them say, "Well, that looks that appetizer looks really good." So I just said, "Hey, man, you want to try it?" So they started talking back and forth. He ended up being a chef up in, uh, up in the Nova Scotia border there. And uh, pretty soon, uh, he goes, oh, what do you guys have for our dorm anniversary? As we get ready to leave, the lady comes over and she goes, oh, here's dessert. I'm like, dessert? Oh, we didn't ask for dessert. Oh, it's dessert for them. And he used to work there and actually wrote down happy anniversary on a little piece of cheesecake for both of us. So yeah. that was pretty cool. They're very welcoming people as well. Yeah, that's and, and Lisbon, Lisbon Falls is a real small town uh but like they they boast the uh the moxie store okay and you know my uh the first time that uh we were up there with uh with my dad like i don't know if he's ever been up there before that or not but he got so excited because of the mox uh, because of the moxie store and he never knew that Moxie was a real thing. He just always seen it in Mad Magazine, like <laughs> a, case, a case of Moxie would be floating next to the Titanic in one yep. of the comics or whatever. And um, you know, so he got he got the biggest kick out of the Moxie store. And I, I tried it, and it's like, no, no, not not my no. thing. Like it. Well, it, Maine's known for yeah, Rocksport, Stephen King, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, actually made a Moxie comment. Not too long ago, my my uh, cousin mentioned uh, whatever whatever moth it is up there. Their caterpillars sting, and yeah. like could, they could actually yep. screw you up pretty good. Um, but one of my cousins replied, "She's like, oh, you don't have these moths down there." I said, "Nope." And uh, 
uh, it's like, oh, it's a, it's a wonderful world without these things. You know, Dada said, yeah, you know, but you guys have moxie and, you know, the moxie keeps you mighty, you know. Uh, but. Uh, I love those old movies where you saw little things add in your like, uh, uh, what's that one poster you see in all those movies? See you next Tuesday or see you next Wednesday? Those posters you see like on the, like the movie Trading Places, you'll yeah. see a poster on the wall, you'll see another crazy movie somewhere else, you see the same poster, yeah. just a different outlay in the background. Yeah. You're like. But, it's funny because you're not looking for it. You're like, hey, where's another post like that again? Yeah, but me and, me and my wife were actually just talking earlier today about how we need to get up there and visit just because, uh, you know, it's nice. Uh, you know, my, my family up there, they're, they're great people. Uh, my one cousin has a son that's just about the same age as Kenny, and they got along the one time that they uh, – uh, actually, they, they've met a couple of times, but when we were up in Maine, they got along pretty well. And, um, you know, it'd be nice to get them back together and see if they still get along and, you know, all that. Nice. So. But on my, uh, you know, I think it's always important to keep goals in front of you. Just not that they're out of touch, but just keep goals of things you you want, whether it's your bucket list or your plan or your long-term goals. But, you know, I, I told my wife when I retired, you know, and relax for a year, maybe work, you know, somewhere else. Uh, but ultimately, I want to get a sailboat and go all the way up uh, the Atlantic coast, spend the, the whole summer up in, like, you know, Southport, Maine or somewhere in the harbor. And I just loved it. You go out there, all these lobster boats are, you know, dinging around mm -hmm. and you got the seals popping up. We went on a, uh, a kayak trip. I, I got a picture. It's actually on my screensaver at home because I still laugh at it. It was my wife in the front. I'm in the back. And... You know, she's like, hey, look at that. I'm back here, you know, rowing. I'm like, come on, <laughs> row, row, row the boat. Come on. And we had sea, uh, seals popping up or yeah. sea otters popping up right next to the boat and just looking at you and then pop back down. And it was hysterical. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm the one rowing, though, yeah. saying, hey, well, you know, enough, enough looking. Let's get rowing here. But, yeah, it was beautiful. Loved it. Loved the food, too. Um, that's actually uh, the first time we went up there, uh, we went – you know, we tried ocean kayaking. Yeah, and uh, got a kick out of it because the place that we rented the ocean kayaks from was on one of those old American Express commercials. No way. Where it was, you know, like they had like corn chowder, and you know, it was like this little yep. little restaurant that you know rented the kayaks. But it, it was one of those commercials where it's like, yeah, you could do this, you could do that, and da 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 da. But they don't take Visa. Yeah. Or, or they don't take maybe it was a visa commercial they don't take american express and or, you know whatever whatever those commercials were but it was right. it was it was a place that was in one of those commercials yeah, right next to the gordon fisherman guy right yeah <laughs> but it uh and that that was fun uh i i, I was never able to get it get the hang of doing the rollover um i i would always you know if i rolled over i had to get out and have some you know flip the boat and help get help to get back in and um, when your son gets a little bit older uh, I think it's called White River Kayaking. It's up in the upper part of Michigan. Um, it's on the Michigan-Wisconsin border. It's up by Iron Mountain, Michigan, and or Porcupine Mountain Range is what it's called. And my son did, and I did a two-night, three-day kayaking. It was like a total of 36 miles uh, run by uh, two girls, uh, and their parents were doctors in town. And it was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. Um, 
I had to take the big boy kayak back then. I was about 265, 270. So yeah. I took the, uh, the larger kayak. But uh, it was a lot of work, but a lot of fun. I slept so well. Um, but great experience. You want something to do. You go around the Apostle Islands if you want to. But a great experience. Water's crystal clear. You're on Lake Superior. Yeah. Just a great experience. When it gets a little bit older, I highly recommend you do that. You came up overnight. First night was on a ledge. Uh, second night was in, um, like, uh, just a field of trees. And it was so peaceful with the wind blowing through the trees at nighttime. And yeah. That's... Uh, it's great memories. So far, he's been camping once. We went up to, uh, like, was it Wico Beach mm-hmm. uh, in Michigan? Uh, up there near Bridgman. Maybe it's in Bridgman. Uh Right by Transient Brewery. Mm-hmm. That, that yeah. was the reason we went up there. My wife didn't know it at the time. But well, there you go. I, I placed an order. Me and a couple of buddies placed an order at Transient. And I seen that there was a campground up there. So I, so I asked my wife, said, yeah, you want to go camping here? And all right, sure. And when we went up there, it's like, oh, yeah, I got to go pick up beer. Yeah, I'll be right She's back. Like, is, it, is this the reason we went on this? I was like, well, kind of, mm, but not really. Be. like. I mean, I could have took a day, a day trip with the guys to come up and pick up the beer, said, so, but instead I, you know, went You'd camping with be the family. With her. Yeah, there you go. So you go. Uh, it all worked out, except for the fact that I'm a dummy, and again, another old commercial. You know, the phone first mm-hmm. commercials. Well, uh, if I would have phoned first, I would have found out that they didn't open until four o'clock in the afternoon. So we had to check out from the campsite at what 10 or 11 it was raining so here we are rainy day got nowhere to go got to wait till four o'clock for the for the brewery to open so i could pick up this beer way to go dad yeah yeah pretty much are we there yet yeah but uh we did a lot of camping in we camped in a lot yeah order a pizza put the tent up in the living room and just order a pizza or that's yeah I'll, i'll throw it up in the backyard every once in a while if he brings up camping but like i said now being a part of Isaac Walton, uh, we oh, just yeah. head over there, find a campsite, which I have not done yet, but I, I think probably pretty soon here I'll I'll get them out there for a night or two. Yeah, that's a nice campus out there. Very, very nice. Another hidden gem in Griffith, you know, people drive yeah. by and don't even realize what it is. Yeah. Spend a lot of time with them because they'll be uh, 29 tomorrow and... I wish you could have done more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think after about a 10-year hiatus of buying lighters, I'm going to have to buy a couple lighters. I just charge it to the Herfcast, man. Yeah. Exactly. One of these days, I'll, I'll get a corporate account or something, right? There you go. <laughs> but these are nice. This is a nice setup in here. It's a nice man cave. Yeah, I, I like it. Like I, I, like I was saying earlier, uh, when we first bought the house, I was trying to get my wife to park inside. And, you know, she's like, no, just take it for your space. Like, make it make it your space. Like, All right. And, you know, so uh, then then the podcast came up and it's like, oh, well, all right. So I, you know, th- this little corner here is usually, for the most part, accessible, at least. Might not be very clean all the time 
it's a man cave. It's not supposed to. Yeah. Right? Come on, ease up on yourself. But it, at least this like little nine by nine corner is 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 good for a sit and relax. Um, the the rest of the garage goes in phases. Sometimes it looks like it it does now where you can't walk through. Uh, other times I've got all kinds of floor space, uh, but it's just it it it's it's a a revolving door in here. So. Well, I think, I think this is pretty awesome you do that. So what, do you have any aspirations for yourself to get involved with government work at all? Uh, not at the moment. Like, I've I've thought a couple times about it. Like, I mean, how much can you bitch if you don't actually try to do anything? You know, it's, you're exactly right. Uh, it's funny because there'll be situations where people won't come to town council meetings. I mean, we have a open-door policy. Uh probably have about 20 25 people a lot of regulars come to town council meetings and i always appreciate that because one it tells you they're interested in their town uh two there's they're hearing it straight from the horse as it happens which is pretty cool i mean we're sitting there uh we do two readings for every ordinance uh and it turns no law for the town so uh, it's pretty cool that you know people come see that the other angle was well people don't come we talk about something for weeks upon weeks, and then oh, this came out happens, of nowhere, and they're upset about it. I'm like, you know, we've been talking about this for like, you know, six weeks. Yeah. Well, you know, I work shit work. Hey, I get that, but you know, you can always call a town or call your councilman or call somebody to find out what's yeah. going on. Um, but you know, everybody's busy, and you know, uh, it's easy to caught, caught off guard sometimes. So. Yeah, but that's. I mean, it, it's. I I honestly don't know when the when the meetings are held. I've never I've never actually looked into it. Like I said, I'm pretty horrible about that. But uh, you know, just like you said, uh, you know, I I work shift work yeah. and got a lot of stuff going on. I just haven't had the chance. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and bitch about what's going on because I I haven't made any any responsible effort to to do anything and i mean hell it seems like everybody's doing a good job from my end mm-hmm. you know i appreciate that but there's other ways to get back to them i can tell by your personality you will i mean your kids are gonna need a a baseball coach or a yeah. soccer coach so you know even step up that ways i mean and that's he so he's played t-ball the past two years nice and you know last year it was it was weird with covid uh, this year, not so weird. Uh, but both years, it's like, man, I'd, I'd love to, you know, at least help out, like, coaching. Like, I, I don't think I'd be, like, you know, the head coach, you know, right. the manager or anything. But it'd be nice to help out. But mm-hmm. my, my work schedule just doesn't allow for it. Like, I, right. I wouldn't be doing the team a, a service. It, it would be a disservice. Uh, when can we count on you? Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll find out next right. Thursday what I'm working that week. Yeah, most you know? people understand, though, but. There's, you know, just giving back that. We, we have a neighborhood cleanup day. Again, we're all family here, so we have neighborhood cleanup day. Um, so give there. Sometimes I'll put things on Facebook where, you know, we've had uh, a lady's house. Was it last year? Or the year before, in town, where we went over, power washed her house, cleaned out her gutters, uh, fixed some electrical stuff in her house. Um, so I'll put something on Facebook like, hey, if, you know, I'm looking for, you know, five or six volunteers. Uh, we went to a. I, I love doing that, that type of stuff yeah. when I can. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Uh, so like, that's you'll, you'll definitely have to let me know where to go uh, to, to see stuff like that or even just send me a message when something like that comes up. And, yeah, I'd be glad to. You know. Uh, we just paid a, 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 an LA person's basement as well. So we all got down there and uh, and painted it. So, I mean, it looked out really, I mean, trust me, I mean, I wouldn't go back there and say, hey, this was done by professionals. But yeah. <laughs> the bottom line, it was done. And uh, we had, what, one, two, three, four, five volunteers. And it worked out perfect. And, yeah. you know, you're, it's a, there's different ways to give back in life, you know. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, on the government level. You yeah. Know? Well, that's, I, you know, I try to do what I can, you know, as far as the local businesses and whatnot, and like try to try to give as much support as I can in that way, uh, because, huge. you know, if, if I can't support with time, I'm, I'm going to find another way to support. So yeah, I love that attitude. I love, uh, you know, I love that attitude. I mean, I mean, I thought about that. We're a big family. Uh, again, I, charcuterie is my, I hate to put it on this, this, uh, the blog here, but charcuterie is my hideout uh, yeah i go there on a saturday after i get the, the you know stuff done around the house and i do all the cooking so i'll go to charcuterie have myself a sandwich and a beer and you know if i need to meet somebody from the town i'll say hey i'm up at charcuterie here at such time meet me up there and yeah uh, that, that's a place that i need to stop by i i still haven't been in there um every time that i do remember like oh hey i'm kind of hungry and you know i'm around town anyway um it's it's not during normal hours mm -hmm. and uh i i just haven't had a chance to stop in there i i keep hearing great things about it um well i'll tell you what if you go to any christmas parties or thanksgiving parties or somebody's house for dinner or whatever i wish val could have made it tonight uh just again just a outstanding human being her and skipper salt the dear people but she makes these charcuterie trays that when you take them over there, you, sir, will have brought the best of the best. Yeah. And people will be like, I'll put it this way. My wife gets mad when I bring this up, but she's not here. Um, <laughs> they have their, they put a blue cheese on there. They put different cheese on the plate, but they put a, their blue cheese is unbelievably good. Yeah. And I've wanted to sometimes say, hey, we bought this tray. Why can't I take the rest of that home? <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 we're not going to do that way um, because it's it's just so good because so much care goes into it. I know at Christmas time, I want to say they make over 200 of them. Yeah. But uh, that's that's kind of like my hideout where I can go to and, you know, if somebody, you know, it, it's just kind of nice. Uh, yeah. Another, another good, good thing about charcuterie is they support the community too. St. Mary's last year because uh, of COVID, they, I go to St. Mary's. Uh, we couldn't have our festival because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so we decided we still had the car already, so we wouldn't raffle off the car. So Val and Skip let us sell tickets at Charcuterie at one of the tables. Oh, okay. Right, it worked out really well because people who didn't, who'd never been to Charcuterie now are coming to buy raffle tickets yeah. and saying, oh, this is Charcuterie, and before they leave, they're buying something. Now they have a new friend at Charcuterie. Yeah. And again, charcuterie is like, like Ricky's, like like the worst. You get what you pay for. Yeah, you know. But uh, we're going to be there there again, selling uh, cash travel tickets as well. And Val's like, yeah, absolutely, come on in here. You know, so now, uh, is all all the normal stuff a go for the rest of the year, like Western days and uh, rock and rail? 
and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff? So I was chairman for the Western Days for 10 years. Um, Vince Colombos is the new chairman, and unfortunately, he had to deal with COVID. In April, when we started talking about if we're going to have West, Western Days this year, keep in mind, we have contracts. We have to call people over tents and tables, and yeah. there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, there's a lot of chairmen that go. In fact, we're the only festival that, except for the ride company, don't bring in outside food. We make it all ourselves, and you know, our tacos, there's lines 30 people long waiting to get tacos. Yeah. But we had several booths that no longer wanted to volunteer, and each booth represents anywhere from 20 to 30 volunteers. Yeah. So if that chairman leaves, they're, you know, we got a hole to fill. So we had one, two, three booths that weren't coming back, um, and the other booths had, one had a medical professional in it, and back in April, they were still iffy about COVID. Yeah. So the decision was based on the lack of chairpersons, combined with the fact that the majority of our volunteers, over 350 volunteers it takes to run Western Days. Because some people work two hours, some work four hours. Yeah. Of those volunteers, about 80% of them are 55 years or older. Yeah. So a lot of the chairpersons felt that, you know, do we want that on our conscience with these volunteers being exposed? So... Again, going back to family, Western Days is a big family. Some of those chairpersons have been doing it for 25 years. Um, so we made a decision back then to, to, to not have it. So yeah. we're going to do a cash raffle. The ride company is still going to come out. They still want to come out and help us raise money with, as much as we can. Okay. But unfortunately, that's the way it is. Um, it's different than, you know, the town has Rock and Rail and Blues Fest and Oktoberfest and the market. Um. You know, but church has to be a little more sensitive to that. Yeah. So, so tough decision, very tough decision. I, Vince Colombos, the new chairperson, I, uh, he, he's doing an amazing job, you know, uh, keeping the momentum up for next year and keeping the spirits and the morale up, which is tough. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I commend him. Matter of fact, his sister actually goes Isaac Walton as well, Becky. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's probably something a lot of people don't think about is, you know, like you mentioned, uh, the decision has to be made months prior. And, you know, just a few months ago, everything was a lot different. So, yeah. And there was a lot of, um, when they posted on Facebook, there was a lot of 2020 quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, people after the game want to, you know, speak up. And they don't realize that, you know, uh, as chairman, I probably put in, you start on Monday around 8 o'clock. Um, work until four o'clock each night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. On Thursday, you get there early in the morning, you know, eight o'clock again, make sure everything's all set up. And the festival goes nonstop Thursday, Friday, pretty much Thursday, six to 11. Uh, Friday, I think it was three to 11. And then Sunday was one to 11. So, but, yeah. and then there's takedown. So by the time you get done with it, you got a hundred plus hours dedicated to Western days, not including dealing with contracts and following up and reminding people, but it's ice machine or porta potties, whatever it might be. Yeah. So, you know, again, you know, I'm looking forward to see those backseat quarterbacks to show up and volunteer next year. I'm sure to keep track of their names. <laughs> but, uh, again, it's tough. You can never, even as town council, you can never please everybody all the time. No, that's, I, I, that's in, in, in anything, um, you know, uh, whether it be work, school, the town, uh, any shop, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you, you definitely can't please everybody all the time. And that's, uh, 
just one of those things. You know, you, you, you learn how to handle it, and some people handle it better than others. So, And some people, they just want to uh, want somebody to listen to. So yeah. that's where I think being uh, responsive, uh, being a good listener, being patient, I think it helps. And obviously you're married, so obviously that works out well in the marriage. Yeah. Um, so that applies to both of myself and uh, to uh, the public as well. So. You know, simple as that. Um. Let's see. So, flight. Uh, you said you haven't flown in a while, but how often would you fly? So, I'd love to fly. Flying's expensive. Um, I love the airport. In fact, the town's looking to acquire the airport right now. But um, I have about three hundred hours flying. Started in two thousand three or thirteen. Two thousand three, actually. So, it's been a while. Um, I like to do it more often, but like you mentioned, work work and life gets in the way. Yeah. Uh, there's always something going on, even like now there's birthday parties or graduation parties constantly happening right now. And yeah. If you don't go to them, you know, what's his problem? Yeah. You know, so, um, <laughs> but I, I enjoy doing it. Uh, my wife loves going up. Uh, we have some friends that live in Plymouth. Yeah. So that takes one hour and a half to get there by car. It's less than 30 minutes by plane. So we'll run a plane and go up there. Take a lot of people to Chicago on back. Um, so that's pretty cool to see people's reaction and. You know, I love, I say, hey, look down, now you're flying over a flock of geese. Yeah. And it gives you such a majestic feeling that, you know, this is what God sees. Yeah. You know? But uh, I love it. It's, uh, it's a unique feeling when you go on the runway and you pull back on the yoke and it lifts off. Just to think about how how cool that is, you know? Yeah. You know, think well, about it's that. it's definitely something I'm interested in. And, uh, you know, me and, me and one of my best friends, you know, we've always talked about uh going to you know get our pilot's license and you know actually going through everything and um his wife actually a couple of years ago for his birthday got him uh a flight lesson out of valpo nice and uh you know he said it was awesome you know and he said it was weird because when you when you fly over like a big highway or something how the plane dips because the the air coming off the road is so much warmer mm-hmm. that it creates that you know that yep you know the the, the different the difference in the air i guess i i don't know what the hell it's called which mill are you at uh i'm at our or not arsler middle uh cleveland cliffs in east chicago oh you're in east chicago so the yeah. one that's uh there's one by gary airport over there so that's gotta be usx yeah. probably do you know the usx was actually in that movie pearl harbor no yeah so the scene where they're first coming in in tokyo that's actually the entrance to u.s steel yeah but uh yeah so i always tell people i always call gary tower and ask permission to transition to airspace so it's a little bit quicker and i always tell people i say hey we're getting see that in front of us that's the mills yeah don't be scared we're gonna drop we're gonna we're gonna drop some altitude here and you'll drop a couple hundred feet sometimes if no. if it's hot outside it's plus the mill, huh? yeah the mills generating a lot of heat you'll feel it go boom. so how how far up are you when when you're cruising if it's in the area uh, especially if it's in uh, gary's airspace and in chicago's airspace I believe you have to stay under 1,500 feet. All right, so 1,500 feet, and then, you you know, you said sometimes you could drop a couple hundred feet. Like, that's that's yeah. a significant amount of space when, when, you're up, when you're only up 1,500 feet. Yeah, when you're over feet. Lake, it's not too bad. And, like, when you're over the mills, as long as you, like, tell Gary, hey, I want to transition your airspace, you're good. So you can go up to 2,000. But yeah. the thing is, once you leave Gary, you're pretty much immediate into Gary, uh, Chicago's Midway Airport's airspace. Yeah. So you, it's like an upside-down birthday cake. 
So you have to make sure you stay underneath their flight path coming in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's easy to turn on their station and listen to their radio. Um, um, so, but, uh, yeah, it's highest up, highest up I've ever been was 7,000 in a small plane. Yeah. It takes a while to get there. Uh, I could imagine. Um, but uh, you should do it. Right now is uh, I'm working trying to get aviation to the school system here. Yeah. Uh, there's a huge shortage right now of, of pilots and flight instructors and uh, 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 flight attendants to air traffic controllers to mechanics. There's just a gigantic shortage right now. So I, I would love to have, and the school's up for it too as well, thinking that people have aviation in the high school. We were the first one in this area to have that. So I think that'd be pretty cool and it'd be pretty nice for Griffith to be the first on it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's a... Uh, it was a challenge to overcome it. I think it took me 50 hours to get my license. Yeah. Uh, you have to have at least 40. But uh, I recommend you do it. I weighed too long. I was in my 30s. So the older you get, you know, the harder it is to, comp- you know, not comprehend, but to uh, retain. Yeah. And there's a lot of procedures. Even like when, you're, uh, when you take off, you, you pitch for a certain speed, uh, depending on what type of plane you're in. Once you get into... Um, What's that called? The airspace around the airport, you maintain like 50, 100 feet around. At certain speeds, you drop your flaps, you drop speed, you, and you pitch for an, uh, a certain speed. And then you turn, you pitch another flap and pitch for speed again. So there's a lot of uh, uh, safety procedures you go through, the checklist constantly. No. Um, but uh, very fortunate. I have a great instructor, um, Adam Park. Um, was not instructing him before, unfortunately, but he was a great teacher. Great teacher. Um, and I have one now that when I want to go up, you know, he works on my schedule and he'll take me up. Uh, and he flies corporate jets out of there. Yeah. So it's, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, even if you want to take you and your wife up to Chicago and back, you know, for your anniversary or something special like that, you know, we'll probably find something for you. Yeah. Somebody take you up and back. Uh, it's just it's pretty cool. But uh, I, I love it. I love it a lot. I'm hoping no. the town acquires it. Right now we're going through a, uh, we've already had our lawyers look at it. We've had a, an aviation lawyer and a, a risk manager look at it. Now we want a committee of residents to look at it as well to see if they feel it's uh, it's good to go ahead. But essentially it'll cost the town around 160000 to purchase it. Um, and there's a possibility to get to pay 100%. Yeah. So that's pretty reasonable for an airport. Um, and upkeep's not that much either, as much as you would think. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll see. It's up to the residents right now who are on that committee. They're going to be meeting here in a couple of weeks. Uh, unfortunately, in government, things move slow sometimes. That'll happen. Especially people's schedule. Yeah. But uh, we got another, like I said, it's a great hidden gem over there, right next to Oak Ridge Prairie. Yeah. That's. Uh, I've stopped there a couple of times with my son, uh, seeing... Um, helicopters doing drills or whatever Uh, rotation techniques yeah yeah we'll pull into the parking lot there and you know get out and watch the helicopter um you know i nobody was repelling or anything but i you know they were dropping a rope and pulling it back up i don't know what they were doing because what like the rope was behind a building you know after it dropped um but he he got a pretty good kick out of that and um you know he just he likes seeing the airplanes when we drive by um have you been to Meteor out the airport yet? No. Oh. You must. I mean, I know we have a lot of Mexican restaurants in town. 
But we go to meet here, ask for Jesse. He's the owner. And the food's outstanding. Again, yeah. family-run business. Uh, but he always has something special going in back. He makes the best dry ribs I've ever had. No. Now, this is not Mexican, but if you're going to go there, call ahead of time. They have a three-cheese pasta. Okay. Brian Wentz, Doug, you're going to hug yourself because you're sad because it's done. <laughs> and you're thinking about, should I order another one for lunch tomorrow? It is that outstanding. Yeah. But he's always got something going on, and the soups are outstanding. Uh, I go to breakfast once in a while. So um, I'm not a big eater when I go flying. Um, but um, when I used to go for my flying instructor, when I get my lessons, I'd always go there for dinner while I was done. And it's yeah. a couple times a week. So um, I, you know, I shouldn't be saying this as a councilman, but that's probably one of my favorite places in town. Yeah. So, now, uh, sailing. Uh, you want to sail the coast after you retire. Have you done any sailing? Um, not in a long time. I did a little bit. Um, but uh, I think what the bug that bit me was uh, we went to Port of Larta, Mexico. Yeah. And went on a, a sailboat there. And once they turned the motors off, put the sail up, it was one of the most peaceful things I've ever. It was just. So quiet, just the, you know, the wind hitting the sails a little bit and the water underneath you being pushed by nothing but air. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a certain romance to having a sailboat than a powerboat. Oh, yeah. And I just like to go to it's always, I don't, you know, I don't know if my wife wants to get stuck in 400 square feet with me or not, but, um, you know, for the record, I would be. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think it's just kind of nice just to go up there and then eventually, you know, go up to Florida and then pop over to maybe the, you know, Bahamas or Cuba or something like that. It, it's funny that, um, that, you know, we're talking about all this and my friend that I mentioned, you know, that took the flight lesson, you know, that's one of his things is um, he he's a doctor now, but he wants a sailboat and he wants to, you know, sail all over the place and you know i just i i think it's kind of funny that the the similarities between the two of you mm -hmm. um i don't make you call me doctor though no <laughs> you have to call I, him doctor as a friend no like dr no. steve no and it's uh it's it, it's pretty neat uh like i said he's one of my best friends and we've we've gone through a lot of shit together you know we, we've experienced a lot in life um and, you know, I, when we had our daughter, um, you know, I called and I asked him a question and it's like, yeah, you know, do you have anything, you know, you know anything about, oh yeah, blah, 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 you know, just rattling shit off just right. like that. And, you know, that's, that's who he is. Like he, he's a sponge. He, he, he could read something once nice. and it's, it's there for forever. And we went to EMT school together. And it always I know you're EMT. Uh, not anymore. Uh, I was. I was uh, certified. Yeah, I, I worked for Prompt back in the day. Oh, I love Gary and Char. Yeah, um, good people. Yeah, uh, I've got. I, I the rumor mill is very large there. So, oh yeah, <laughs> I'll. Who, uh, who was their IT guy? Uh, Joe Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Say no more. <laughs> But, exactly. Uh, but, uh, uh, my son had a uh, a rare disease when he was uh, a senior in high school. Um, 
it was like two days before it started. And it was one of those where they had no idea what was going on. And to this day, it's it's probably the most saddest. One of these days, they need to sit down and still deal with it, even though it was back he's 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, what happens to your children and you're helpless, I think it's worse than being helpless for something wrong with yourself, you know? Yeah. And it got to a point where uh, we had to get out of the hospital we were in. Uh, they just had no idea. Um, they had to put on a respirator. And to me, that was, you know, good things don't happen when we put people on respirators. Yeah. Um, so Father Men's came out and pretty much talked to me and um, I had all this information from all these people coming at me, you know, and you just get to the point where, like, saying, stop. And uh, Father Men's, who, man, I love that guy. He came up there and um, said, no, you need to do this, Jim. It's the right thing to do. No. And uh, I did it. And they were trying to get him in a hospital in Chicago, get him out of northwest Indiana. And we needed to find an ambulance that had a life support system on. There wasn't a lot around here. So I called Char. Yeah. And uh, her response was like, Jim, don't you worry about it. You call this number. This is the on-call person. They will be taking home that that unit. Yeah. You need them. You call them. We'll worry about everything else later on. Yeah. Well, you end up getting flown by helicopter to University of Chicago. Um, but uh, you know, I always appreciate that. And then when he got when he got better, they had an open house at their new location over on Colfax. There. Yeah. That's I. I was I was there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We probably crossed paths. Probably. And uh, so I took Anthony there, and Char gave him, like, a 10-minute hug. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, I know them more as, uh, I, for their AT&T stuff, I'm the one to help. I was out there when that the windstorm and tornado blew through this area, running a, a line down for their phones to get them service because their yeah. centric system got taken out. So I know them a little bit different aspect, maybe, than as an employee. That's I, I really wish that I knew them from outside okay um that's when when i started there uh they were still small enough Mm -hmm. to where it was it was wonderful uh great people and then by the time that i left like i don't i don't think it was their fault but it was just growing and you had a lot of uh unappreciative employees and you know just growing pains and unappreciative employees yeah, probably a lot of stress made them too. made them change the way things were done and i understand that you know um i always enjoy talking to gary that's oh, what a gr- uh, getting... i mean you know blackhawks fan one of one of oh, the biggest yeah. blackhawks fans that and I've down to earth met. both of them are so down to earth. they wouldn't think yeah. of and they started that out from like nothing. Yeah. Like one ambulance. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So you got to love that. But yeah, um, I was pretty much, I had all, I had technicians in this area. So something went down. I was their one, one-stop shop. Yeah. Know? But uh, yeah, they, they took a lot of response. They went from being just a couple towns to what, six, seven plus yeah. South Bend they had at one time, I think, and yeah. East Chicago. So uh, yeah, that was, that was a lot. Um, but, um, you know, again, you know, sometimes you're only as good as your employees sometimes too. So, and that's, I, 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 I think, you know, like I said, I was, I was gone before the downfall, I guess. 
Um, but I, I'm glad I I left when I did mm-hmm. uh, because seeing like I I don't know uh, apparently they went union and it's like for one like I said when I worked there there was absolutely no reason whatsoever to go union like it right. it, it would it would have never even been a thought. Um, so there's a lot of tension to a business too. I mean that's a whole. That's, you know, that's more paperwork. That's, you know, I was in the union for years. And I think, you know, I think they're a great thing to have. But, you know, to a company, though, that's a lot of extra stress. Yeah. That, well, that's, I, I'm in a, I'm in a union myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I appreciate my union. Yep. But I also believe that unions have their place. Like, you know, uh, maybe in some circuits, that's, uh, you know, a, a private ambulance company, maybe in some circuits should have a union. But like I said, uh, when back in the day, like there, there was no reason, like they, they gave you no reason to want it. Right. You know, uh, but apparently things changed over the years. And uh, like I said, I, I blame the I blame the employees right. more than anything else. So. Yeah, they're uh, they're good people though. I mean, how, did you actually go on the ambulance on calls or anything too? Yeah, well, I was I was uh, basic, and I was a white cloud, so nothing ever happened around me. Uh, the the few serious calls that I was called to usually ended up being bullshit or just a miraculous recovery before mm-hmm. I showed up, and you know nothing exciting ever happened around right. me. Um, so the the only time that I ever had to do CPR was actually on a patient that was already passed when we arrived and had a DNR, but the son kept changing his mind. Yeah, work him, tough. don't work him, work him, don't work him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, shit. Um, but like, you know, we got to the hospital, we got to St. Mary's, and... I was helping with compressions in the ER and the nurse at the, at the head, he had a broken wrist or something. And the first time doing CPR and he's like, wow, you're doing like perfect chest compressions. Well, well, thanks. It's my first time. (laughs) It's like, really? Yeah. Now they have a machine that does it. Yeah. But I I said, yeah, but I'm, I'm also an instructor, you know, go figure an instructor that's never done CPR before. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm also an instructor. He's like, oh, well, you know, I, I actually need to research soon. He's like, you know, uh, and I was like, well, yeah, you know, I'll give you my info afterwards and, you know, do the class or whatever. And I'm sitting here doing compressions. He's like, yeah, so how much do you charge? I, I keep doing compressions. <laughs> and I, I look up and say, you know, can we Another talk about this later? Dust. Yeah, you know, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah, gotta wait, till, wait till I get done with the rhythm, Doc, yeah. to, uh, but I, I get said, to the yeah. chorus. Said, yeah, can we talk about this later? <laughs> yeah, you I'm know? in the middle of a chorus. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> You know, after the doctor finally called it, uh, you know, talked to him for a couple minutes and, uh, you know, gave him my number and, you know, all that. And, of course, you know, he never called. I'm sure the hospital provides right. it anyway. So um, that, that's an idea there, Brian, too, because, you know, think about it. And you could probably give, you know, some kind of class. I mean, getting recertified probably wouldn't be that difficult for you. Uh, that's I, I had reasons for leaving yeah. the the. I guess medical field. Uh, I had reasons for leaving uh, the ambulance, uh, you know, and I. I bet you were a great instructor, though. I when when I when I uh, was instructing, 
I I would like to think I did well, um, but like I said, I, I left the field for a reason, and I I let my EMT cert lapse as soon as as soon as I could. Mm-hmm. You know, I I didn't want to look back at that at all, and I did re up my CPR instructor cert for one more year, and then after that I let it <laughs> lapse and you know. <laughs> you know, just, you, just you, moved on. Yeah, because even like helping the fire department or the police department, you know, helping them get research on their, you know, yeah. CPR training, something like that. You had to kind of weaken or something, you know? Oh, yeah. But well, that's pretty cool. I, who would have thought? I mean, my dad was uh, EMT certified and he was, uh, did triage at the hospital. So when they came in, he started, you know, labeling them out, what your, you know, what's the priority yeah. list here, too, in the ER. That's when I, when I broke my nose uh, a couple months ago. I, you know, sitting at community in triage, and at least I knew what to expect. Like, I, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm not, I'm not being hysterical. I'm, I'm okay. Like, I know they're not going to get to me for a while, right. and you know, just sit there and people watch, and uh, you know, find a way to just entertain myself while while sitting there because it it, it is nice knowing what to expect when you're when you're sitting there. You've got so. to go to the new, uh, well, it's not new, the, the hospital that St. Francis is now on the other side by uh, Superior over there. Uh, by the War Memorial over there. Where at? So it's on Cayman Avenue, Ralph Cayman Avenue. We you know the War Memorial on Cayman Avenue? The 45th and Calumet? Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there is a friend, uh, the Franciscans bought that hospital that's sitting there. Yeah. And their ER is awesome. I ripped off my toenail. <laughs> Don't recommend that. I was actually watering flowers when this happened. So who knew watering flowers could be actually hazardous? Yeah. But uh, I had a sock on, and I turned. My sock just caught the edge of the back of the step just right. So I'm like, ooh, that's smart. Well, then I realized when I took my sock off, like, well, there goes 300 bucks at the at the ER yeah. now, only for them to tell them, uh, yeah, your toe's not broken. Go see a podiatrist. I'm like, but somebody's got to deal with this yeah. now. And then I uh, went to a great podiatrist, and uh, he was like, it's coming off. But, you know, we walked in. There was no waiting, nobody in there, great nurses, awesome doc. We're in now there less than an hour. Yeah. We're three hours poor, but. That's uh, actually just got the bill from community. I think I owe 50 bucks. Uh, the bill from the ENT, uh, you know, it was like $2,200 or something. I had to pay 40 Nice. Like, all right. I at, at least my insurance is worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's one good thing about the steel mill. So, but exactly, and that was just bought out a couple years ago, right? Uh, last year wasn't it by somebody from Australia or Australia. Where's he from? No, uh, Ohio. The Cleveland Cliffs is out of Ohio. It's uh, oh, okay. U.S. U.S. based. Uh, so that's one of the big things. It's like you know bringing the u.s steel industry back to the u.s now who owns bethlehem now uh that's cleveland cliffs oh so they own bethlehem and arsenal yeah. now well yeah Ar- arsenal middle owned what uh ltv inland bethlehem uh and whatever else so they bought the whole package yeah uh the only thing that cleveland cliffs didn't get from arsenal middle was the r&d the research and development wow yeah. that's unusual yeah middle middle kept that which that's the whole reason that they bought that mill in the first place. So he didn't want to sell it when he sold the rest of it. Now, what division are you in? Like rolled steel or? Uh, yeah, I'm cold strip. So it's uh, finishing, 
you know, the, the finishing department. So it's, it's uh, amazing how dangerous is out there and they really don't have, you know, knock on wood here. Don't really have a lot of tragedy out there. I remember going out to USX with a technician and that train car came out with a molten steel and you just felt the whole side of the vehicle. We're probably 10 feet away. Just felt the heat in the oh, winter yeah. time, just going right to the window. Like what the hell is in that train? Like molten steel. Yeah. And those slab haulers that bring out that, you know, foot thick slab yep. of steel. That's those slabs. They sit on like the train cars across the street from the parking lot that I park at. And yeah, like you said, like eat the middle of winter, that's that's a good what fifty yards away, and you could feel the heat coming off of them. Um, it's it's impressive. It it's neat for I sure. Remember when the uh, ladle broke, I think it was at LTV. I, all I remember was the red clay. I, had, I was it was date night. I literally went to, it was a Saturday, I was, I was on duty, and so I had nice pants on, nice shoes on, you know, I was ready just to leave work, pick up misses, and, you know, go out for uh, dinner, and a ladle had broke. So I'm out there, I think it was, it wasn't USX, and when it spilled the ladle, and we had a cable that ran like 10 feet underground and melted it to one piece. Jeez. But I remember having that red clay stuff on my shoes. Yeah. And it was the pain. I had to hose off my shoes, basically, to get off. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, I can't think of any red clay. Or just um, red dirt. Just, uh, yeah, like I, I'm used to, like, you can wash your car, and by the time you leave work, it's covered in, you know, the dust and graphite well, We get in our cars around here sometimes, you yeah. know, if the wind blows out of the north. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm in the cold strip, and, yeah, unfortunately there has been a couple of fatalities the past couple of years at the cold strip. Um, but uh, one, one of them in one of them in the cold strip, one of them outside on rail, but you know, it's, it, it still happens, but definitely not the way it used to. Can you imagine working in the thirties? Yeah, that, no, I can't. That's, uh, that, that's, that's one of the crazy things. Like that's when I started there, it's like, man, I, I just wonder what this place looked like when it was a hundred percent going, because now it's just a it's just a shadow of of what it was back in the day. You know, yeah. there's you a know, lot of there's a lot of idled and empty built empty buildings. A lot of history out there. It almost yeah. kind of reminds you like the iron workers. Yeah, you know what those guys have been doing for the past hundred years. I mean, you look like well, look at Ricky and. Uh, uh, Rick Hampt, you know, that, you know, that his dad, you know, still climbs up, you know, 50, 60, 100, 150 feet. Yeah. You know, that, that's, it that's, does, it's amazing when you think about it. It is. And, it, and you think, you know, like you said, like, that's, that's something that, you know, really hasn't changed over, over time. No. You know, it's still the same job with the same, sure, maybe a couple of, uh, Maybe a couple items in the safety equipment department have have evolved, but uh, overall, that's not much has changed in that in that industry. You know that uh, that one picture where it shows uh, the iron workers sitting on the beam having lunch in New York. Yeah, it's fake, isn't it? I no, it's legit. I can see Rick's Ricky's dad sitting out there. You know. Yeah. Having lunch. Dos equis perfecto. All right. I'm going to go home and sleep like a baby. 
Like in my front? No, that's I heard. Uh, I heard that like that that iconic photo was actually fake. The photoshopped or something like that. Uh, I don't know about Photoshop, but I like it was like a like a set, you know, like a photo shoot. Huh. But uh, not saying that they didn't actually do that, but the photo itself, uh, from what I understand, was you're like three, was staged. like three feet off the ground. Yeah. Um, but again, like I said, you know, I, I could guarantee that those people actually did eat lunch like that. I mean, but, those, remember those guys building a Sears tower and stuff? I mean, mm-hmm. that's ballsy. I mean, that's yeah. just ballsy. And that's before I, uh, before I went to prompt, like I, I was going to go be an iron worker. And, uh, like I said, me and my buddy went to EMT school and I took the test to be an iron worker and, um, I was just waiting for my call back and I decided, you know, like I said, I went to EMT school and I was also waiting to go do that. And I ended up choosing EMT over iron working because I just knew it was going to pay well, but it's not something that I wanted to do. And then, you know, I didn't want to get stuck loving the money and not the job. So... I, I ended up going the EMT route, and lo and behold, uh, like I said, I you know left that field behind after a few years. So you mentioned that your uh, your buddy was EMT at Prompt, right? Yeah. Was he, was he from Griffith? Um, my one buddy that was here earlier, uh, he lived in Griffith. When he worked for Prompt, but he's since moved to California. Is he a doctor now? Oh, no. That one, uh, he he's from Hammond. I'm from Hammond originally. He was from Hammond. Um, but, yeah, he, he was at Prompt. But now he's uh, the hospital he's doing his residency residency at is in outside of Kalamazoo. So he's moving up to Michigan now. All right. Because there was somebody else that worked at Prompt. Um, their parents have worked at Western Days for 20-some years, um, and he is now a doctor as well. Last name is Descamp. No, not familiar. Not familiar. Descamp? No. Yeah. That's uh, Bridgman and Zach are the two doctors uh, that, I, that I knew at prompt, and Roberts is, I think, just about done with medical school. I got I he might be done. No, I I don't know. I got I got to check in with him and, and find out. Um, it's got to be amazing to go to that many years of school and retain all that. Yeah. Well, that's uh my my buddy John Roberts. He was back and forth with law and doctor. So like he uh if I remember correctly, he was he was pretty well involved in law school. Wow. Out, you know, outside of being a paramedic that prompt and then changed course to go doctor. Um, so, I mean, you, you know, right there, like that's, that's a bright dude. <laughs> like he, uh, and an amazing guy as well. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's some people that I, I miss from those days. Uh, there's a lot of it that I don't miss. So, you know, what, but still it's something that you look back on and you learn. I mean, just oh, think yeah. if you got in a traffic accident and you witness an accident, and you could actually go out there and make an impact yeah. and, and change somebody's life or at least 
you know, be the last person that person gets to, to see and, you know, yeah. and, and and help out with. Where I'd be sitting in the car going, hell, 911? Yeah. yeah. Here's where we're at. I'm not even getting to get out of the car because I totally, couldn't help at all. <laughs> Maybe put a good tourniquet on. That's about it. No, it's, uh, I was at the post office uh, last year, the year before. I don't know, but uh, someone was trying to turn into the post office and got T-boned. I saw that. I, saw that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was there and, you know, got it. All right. You know, anybody need help? Like, what's going on? And, um, you know, I stuck around until uh, the responders came and said, all right, do you guys need, you know, I, I, about the best I could do anymore is hold C-spine. Like, no, we got it, you know. So I still couldn't figure out that happening because, I mean, that one car was, like, pushed, you know, almost like the entrance of the, yeah. the post. I was pushed on the grass. Like, yeah. how does that happen, you know? Yep, that's I was I was backing out of my spot when that happened. It's like holy shit. So, yeah, unfortunately, we're a very hurried society. Yeah, yeah. Too and many places in too little time. I'm guilty of it uh, sometimes. Uh, I like to think that a lot of the time I I catch myself, but at the same time, like I I don't know if I'm hurried, I get anxious, which just makes it worse and. Like I said, sometimes I could pull myself out of it and like, no, what the hell, you like, just settle down, dummy, you know. Uh, sometimes it gets the best of me, mm-hmm. but. Well, a word of advice from an old Mary guy to a young Mary guy. If your wife says, I need you to go to the grocery store, and make, and she says, make a list, just make a list, because I guarantee you're going to forget something. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> and you'll be going back again. We, we, we have the, the dry erase board on the fridge to write everything down as we go, and before I go to the store, I take a picture of it, you know. Smart. Yeah. And I'll, yeah. I'll still There's forget. no room for being macho there. Just make the list. I'll, I'll still forget some shit, so. Yeah, I always get divert off. Ooh, Oreos. Oh, yeah. Beer. Yeah, that's the, the liquor aisle, or which that's. My my liquor supply has been dwindling. I'm gonna have to resupply. Oh, you got a nice selection over there. That's I got some in the cabinet too, but most of the bottles are on their last leg. So yeah, you got uh, Larceny, good pick, Buffalo Trace, consistent in the top five uh, bourbons. Yeah. Uh, I had a fresh bottle of 1792. I haven't opened yet, but oh, there you go, Hendrix. I, that's one of my favorite gins, by the way. Oh yeah. Because it's got the uh, that the aroma- cucumber. Yes. Yeah. And they uh, only make that like in the spring, don't they? Uh, I'm not sure, but that the uh, lunar is new. I think that I think this oh, year. Oh, I didn't it's notice new. that. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, that's uh, gin is definitely my my summer go to if I'm not drinking beer. I just bought that uh, aviation gin by Ryan. Yeah, Rose. that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like a good gin and tonic. Um, not a big fan of like that one dollar bottle of tonic. You know, it gives me a headache. Yeah, uh, but they have a yeah they, exactly. But they have a new one out. Um, it's called a no headache tonic, and it it puts a really nice refreshing uh, zing. Yeah, to the gin. Really nice. My wife bought me a Nutribullet one year for my birthday. Uh-huh. That's like me buying her a vacuum cleaner. You know, <laughs> what, what am I, I need to lose weight or whatever here. Uh, and I learned to make really good Blurry Mary mix with it. You know, not, not that, that I'm a sense. big drinker for the record, but um, and I, I roasted some uh, jalapenos and uh, green peppers and roasted garlic. That's I, I started making hot sauces last year, and at first, um, like the first couple batches, 
I you know put them in the food processor to to mm-hmm. blend them up and whatnot. And I'll tell you what, I I had to start doing it in the garage because the house fills up real quick with pepper spray. Oh um, yeah, and uh, I was I was like straining it, which was a mistake because uh, I ended up with really watery hot sauce. Uh, but then I went and bought like the, the little ninja, yep. the ninja blender and came out here and threw a batch in there. I had, uh, almost three times the yield and it was the right consistency. It was nice, you know, and you know, I, I made a couple of really good ones. So nice. So this is my favorite topic food. Yeah. I have a buddy who loves ghost peppers. He's insane. Uh, uh, I tell you what, when I die, he's my guy. He's the one that's gonna tell my wife who to call. Yeah, but um, he loves spicy, so he'll go to. There's a place on Ridge Road in Gary that sells scorpion peppers. Yeah, so I'll grow those. They actually, the, keep the, the mosquitoes. The, yeah, the farm stand. Yeah, that's where I got my Scotch bonnets last year. Yeah, good people, man. Yeah. They've been there for like a hundred well, years. It seems like I usually get just about everything from uh, Sharingas. Yeah, um, closer to home. Good people. Outstanding people. Um, I just got there too late last year looking for Scotch bonnets. And, um, you know, they're actually the one, Sharinga is actually the ones that called the other place and nice. asked for me, you know. So, uh, yeah, good people. Not, not Have afraid. Have you met Don to, yet? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, you want to talk about a guy who just did a great example of what a man should be hardworking, dedicated to his family. Uh, genuine. You get a chance. He's a he's a little old, he's an older guy out there. He comes on the farm stand quite a bit. Still works the what, farm at Sharinga. Yeah, I've I've probably met him. Glasses. Yeah, uh, I, I've I've seen him walking around. Oh if it's man, a guy I I'm love that of. guy. He's just uh, he's genuine. Yeah, he's genuine. There's not a lot of genuine people out there anymore. No, but going back to the the uh, scorpion peppers. So, um, I make really good kimchi. Really good kimchi. So, side note, uh, I was our weekend was busy, like you were saying earlier, birthday parties, yep. graduations, all that. Um, the only time I made it to the Blues Fest was Friday before oh. it started, uh, only so that I could try the kimchi that Ricky made. I heard it was unbelievable. It was, and that was my first time eating kimchi. That was my first time trying it. What? So, I tried it. Like It had a nice spice nice oh, flavor and steve howe from uh howe farms he told he's like yeah you got to put some of those uh pickled radishes with it it's like all right you know first time with pickled radishes like damn that's a you pretty good a, compliment all right Brian, you, need to get more, you need to get out more often. oh well yeah well that's i'm you know kimchi like, is unbelievably easy to make but well uh, that's me and ricky were talking about it and it's like you know yeah i wanted to make it but it looked like it looked like a lot of steps and I, I didn't want to do a lot of it, stuff. It's really simple. It's a certain kind of cabbage you use. And uh, it's funny. I wait till these scorpion peppers get ripe. And I sort of got had a camera at my house because he knew when they were ripe. And I would put a, <laughs> uh, a, uh, a newspaper bag over my hand plus a plastic glove. Or that's the other way around. And I put those scorpion peppers, chop them up on my deck. Yeah. And then you take, is that Savoy cabbage you use? I think it's Savoy cabbage. You mix that in with like a red mixture. It's a, it's like a chili paste like mixture. Yeah. You mix that all together. Got a little bit of sugar in it. 
and, and you put these peppers in it. And what it does is it ferments. Yeah. Put keep the lid on loosely for a couple of days, and I take the lid off a little bit and just put like a light paper, uh, napkin That's, paper towel I, over it. I got the, the airlock lids there you go. for the mason jars. Yeah, you got to keep it loose because you want to be able to breathe a little bit. But the problem is if you leave it in your house and you go out of town for the weekend, you come back and the whole house reeks of kimchi. But kimchi's got a lot of probiotic benefits yeah. to it. Well, that's and, I, I was making my own uh, sauerkraut. I was oh, ferment, I was fermenting the hot sauces. So, so if you make sauerkraut, kimchi is pretty much the same thing with less work. Yeah. See, I I don't know because I mean the sauerkraut that I'm making it's just cabbage and salt, and right. you know that juice is super healthy for you. Yeah. But uh, super. But I love to cook. I do all the cooking in the house. Uh, um, lately, working kind of late, so I've been kind of grabbing. Like my wife's eating a sandwich right now from charcuterie. Um, but um, I mean, I love to make my own pasta. I love soup. I can eat I've, soup I've every never, day. I've never tried making my own pasta. Super easy, man. Yeah. Super easy. I mean, they have electric now that you can put it through a machine to electric. Yeah. But when you hand roll it out there, and then. Do fettuccine watch, or whatever. I, I, I've watched a couple of videos of the guys that just slap it on the table with their hands and cross it over, and yeah. all, after after slapping it on the table and this and that, all of a sudden they've got you know just miles of spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's That's amazing. It's called to watch. editing, my friend. Yeah. Well, not, I I don't know. Like it, it looks unedited, but you know, like the uh, just just the way. It's like watching a 30-minute show, and they build, like, a big 18-foot by 24-foot, yeah. like, 20-foot high deck yeah. in, like, 30 mm-hmm. minutes. I'm like, how can this work out for me, like, that way? But, yeah, I make a really good pasta, and uh, Skip and Valich, I could have a great vodka sauce. Yeah. So, you buy, like, a jalapeno bacon and some uh, prosciutto, chop it up and fry it. Then you add that vodka, a little bit of vodka in it, just to break up the sauce a little bit. And then you add the sauce to it. You break up the uh, like little bits in the bottom from the bacon. Yeah. Let that vodka cook, cook off a little bit. And you just add like uh, rigatoni noodles or whatever. Outstanding and easy. Yeah. So do you like pickles? Love pickles. Okay. Um, that's I make my own pickles and I make like the, the one thing that uh, people seem to love outside of the regular pickles are the Carolina Reaper pickles. What? So yeah, I, I grow the, I my my garden out here. It's just peppers. Um, That's gonna be good for Bloody Marys, huh? Uh, That'll make I'm you. Not, uh, I'm not a big fan of. Blo- I'm not a big fan of Bloody Marys. So, but uh, uh, I have thought about making Bloody Mary pickles because uh, I've I've seen Ooh, those. And it's idea. like I bet I bet I could I could pull that off. But um, my Carolina Reaper pickles uh, seem to be a hit. Uh, I I'd like to. Are they dill pickles or kosher pickles? Dill, or? yeah. Um, but I now I I used to grow the cucumbers in the garden, but I don't have enough. I can't grow right. enough for the the annual demand, which you get three for two at Sharingos right now. Well, no, that's it. It they're they're you pick. Right. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Like the the you pick is even better. It's. Um, oh, your kids probably love that, wouldn't they? Uh, that's he hasn't gone. We took him blueberry picking one time uh, up in Michigan somewhere, and um, he enjoyed that. But yeah, um, I love to me cooking is a stress reliever. Oh yeah, meditation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love uh, chicken piccata, man. 
I make killer eggplant in the, the baby fryer. Yeah. But, um, I'll definitely keep you in mind when I when I start making pickles this year. That's I, I was going to say, like, I, I want to start. I, I, I got to take the serve safe class and get certified. And uh, I want to start doing the market and see how it goes. How long it take for a pickle to be pickled? Uh, the way that I make, like, I, I don't ferment them. I just, I, I just make the pickles. But it's... Uh, for like a regular batch of dill, I let them sit for a week. Uh, for the reaper, I let them sit for two weeks, uh, just to get so all that Soaks capsation in. could soak in and uh, give you that bite. You know, yes. have you done pickled eggs? Uh, I haven't. I, I did do pickled green beans. Um, do you like hard-boiled eggs? Yeah, you must try it. And what you use this? Next time you get you pull the pickles out at uh, the brine, the brine, yeah, just drop a couple hard boiled eggs in there. Yeah, use the same. Uh, good friend of mine got me. Matter of fact, Rick Rifle got me hooked on it. Yeah, and I'm like, I gotta do this, you know. And we're almost competing with each other. Yeah. Now there's a guy who makes great stuffed cabbage rolls. Ugh. Oh my god, they're outstanding. I'm getting hungry just thinking about them. But yeah, I like to cook. It's a, you know, I cook and she cleans. Uh, it's a good deal. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, my wife didn't like Brussels sprouts, so I made them. Uh, a thing with asparagus. Uh, uh, I do pulled pork, briskets. Uh, I made sauerbraten one time. You want to talk about stinking your house up? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Do bo- boil it, boil it on the grill. Yeah. You'll have a happier wife. Well, um, I, I just got a big. Uh, propane burner. Burner. So uh, as, as I got, I acquired a bunch of brewing equipment. Uh, yeah. But that's also uh, some bottle dryers there. Yeah, but I, I also I wanted the big burner so that I could do the pickles outside instead I of used, on the I stove. Made, yeah, I used to make my own beer too. Yeah, that's fun to have to bottle it. Yeah, that's I I haven't tried it yet. That that stuff has not moved from. Since it was delivered, so I mean, it's uh, actually making your own beer is pretty. Everybody goes, "Oh, I'll, I'll take some bottles." I'm like, "Yeah, you understand that bottle is like fourteen bucks." Yeah, <laughs> you know, because just to buy the kit alone. Yeah, you know, you're probably at forty, fifty dollars. But um, I used to make a Christmas beer that had um, caramel hops in it, chocolate hops. It had lemon zest, a little bit of cayenne pepper in it. And it was like a dessert beer. Yeah. So if you're eating brownies or cookie, it was outstanding. I'd get that way for gifts. Yeah. Um, but then you have people saying, hey, can you make me that? I'm like, you don't understand. You know, it, it sits in secondary for like two months. Yeah. You know, so it's not just a, uh, yeah, I'll have it to you in a week. <laughs> well, plus the bottles aren't cheap anymore because everybody's doing it. Yeah. We look at like Byway Brewery. You've been there? Uh, I haven't. I heard their food is good. Oh, I Outstanding. I, I wasn't like I, I've tried. I think three of their beers, and nothing really caught me. Um, but I'll have to revisit. Yeah, great, it's run by great people. Um, they just had some spicy dumplings in this like broth that I couldn't get enough of. Yeah, it had just like a spicy little flavor kick to it. You know, it's it's spicy, but it's still, you know, you're, you're gonna fill your mouth the next day still. Yeah, um, it was outstanding. It was outstanding. So, um, now it was started by guys that were making beer in their house. It's like yeah. Wild Rose, same thing. Yeah. 
That's uh, yeah, Wild Rose. I like their I like their darker stuff better than anything else. Uh, they they make some they make some good porters, um, mm-hmm. a couple of good stouts. Uh, New Oberfalls they they do a really good job with with Great their lagers and Great you food know there too yeah. Uh, and then my my favorite of the three was Pacro, and that's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had they had a real good all around. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but. Uh, I, I was sad to see them go, but it it's funny because after they left, like my my taste changed a bit, and like I, I started appreciating the the porters and stouts more. So uh, Wild Rose grew on me a little bit more, and yeah, they had a good day. They had a good brewmaster with Dave. He was a very talented guy. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, again, it comes back to family. Yeah. But. Oh, uh, you got anything else? I think I'm good. I think I had a great conversation. We talked everything from uh, family to hobbies to yeah. government. And a little bit. I appreciate you having this opportunity to sit down and we'll chat with you. Oh, it's, absolutely. Anytime. Anyway, it's nice to know we have a common friends. Uh, like I said, I think, uh, it's, I got I think the I world gotta get... of uh, Rick and Patrice and, uh, and Ricky. I'm glad I got to meet them. Uh, salt of the earth, genuine people. Uh, I'm really proud of Ricky how, uh, you know, those guys have taken that from being a stationary store to being one of the best butcheries we've ever on here. We don't yeah. really have a lot of, I would say, I think he's probably the only actual, now Rob's meat market is, is, is really good too. I don't know if you've been to Rob's. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, Rob's got a great memory for names. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think. They have a place that gets it in, cuts it, and has dry age. Uh, the worst is it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's pretty cool when you go there, and it's not household bus. You go to Rob's, and you're 10th in line. Yeah. And I love Rob's. Don't get me wrong. But you go to Ricky, and he's like, okay, what are you trying to do, first of all? Yep. Instead of you going and say, I need this, and this, no, no, what are you trying to do? Like I said, like I, I've tried out so many different cuts just from just from that shop, just, just because. But. And he puts outside. He pushes you outside your your boundaries too. Like, no, nah, I'm like, hey, I want to smoke something this weekend. He was like, well, you know, we can do. I'm like, I don't know. He goes, I tell you what, you're gonna smoke this weekend. You're, you're gonna mm-hmm. do some corned beef. I'm like, corned beef. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not St. Patty's Day. Yeah. You know, and here I'm out in December. Mm-hmm. You know, doing a pastrami, and it turned out amazing. I, I did with coffee grounds. Oh and, yeah. It soaked in, uh, it was cold out, so I soaked in a nice, you know, bucket in my sunroom, basically, because it was cold enough. But it turned out so amazing, I was giving it away to people, just for the people to say, is this really good? Because I'm biased. Yeah, yeah. But my wife doesn't like corn, corned beef, and she was like, oh my God, this is really good. What is it? I go, uh, corned beef. She's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, nah, it's pastrami if you want to that way. But, yeah. uh, no, I appreciate it. It was a nice experience to come over and get to meet you. This town is full of great people, Brian, like yourself, yeah. and... You know, I love seeing young families staying in town here, and uh, if you want to get involved somewhere, I'll keep you in mind, especially if we need uh, volunteers like senior citizens or whatever. Yeah. I'll keep you in mind, you know. Sometimes people can't make it because of work. you got to feed your families. That's yeah. the bottom line. I mean, you got to take care of your family first. Um, but I'll have to keep you in mind. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for this opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
that's why I have to do it again, whether we got microphones or not. Uh, I got to get, like I said earlier, I got to get, uh, see if Chief Mance wants to come back and um, see how things have evolved over the past year and a half. So, but, uh, all right, yeah, I think that'll about do it. Um, until next time, I guess. Salute, my friend. Ah, cheers. All right, there you have it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Like I said earlier, um, hopefully I'll be able to do this a little bit more often, um, you know, because I'm, you know, it seems like I'm getting some decent feedback from the solo episodes. Um, so I'll try to do one of those when I have the time and can't find a guest, all that stuff, or just if I feel like ranting for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it. And I know I've got, I'm talking to a couple of people, just don't know when it's going to happen. And like I said, I'll, I'll probably throw a solo in here and there. So, uh, any feedback you have, let me know, Brian at the herfcast.com. Um, also if, uh, if you are listening and you don't mind, like I'm, I'm trying to gauge like where people have found the show from and who actually listens. So if you could just uh, send me an email at brian at the uh, just to just to let me know who you are and how you found the show, or you could just uh, if you have Discord, you could jump in the Discord server. I'll put a link for that on the show notes on the website. So um, yeah, that's about it. Thanks for listening, everyone.